Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 105 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can also catch the show live in VR and chat with other like-minded VR enthusiasts using big screen TV. The show goes live at 7pm in Europe. 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and on Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try and answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, he's the almighty collector of crystals and breaker of castle walls. It's the ballistic ballista. It's of course Nathy. How you doing, dude? You're all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing uh, all right, Nathy. <laughs> it's funny, it's like, like whenever I whenever like, I read the out breaker of trains, the this and the house, it's Nathy. Yeah, this was like yeah. the short version. I'm good of my uh, of all my titles. I have many titles, um, but uh, Mike wanted to, you know, not bore you of thirty minutes of, you know, all the titles I have. Yeah, it's funny. Like whenever I read out like the intros, that there's a look on your all your faces that kind of go, "Is it me? Oh, <laughs> I, I, am, am I the chosen one?" <laughs> yeah, it's like this. This this is one of those moments. And then later, when you're asking, like, "Hey, what did you play?" I I always have to look this up. I'm always yeah. like, "Oh, oh, 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 he's gonna ask again." So maybe I should just quickly go to my channel and look up what I what I did do or what I didn't do. But you're good. I'm good. Yes, I'm good. Good and representing uh, El Goog. You know, uh, the best search engine on the internet. <laughs> Seriously, try to uh, Google Elgook and then see what happens. It's amazing. Yeah, try it. But after the show, of course. Of uh, course, yes. Next up, this guy enjoys nothing more than a smorgasbord of VR delights, regularly tasting all the delicacies on offer. His VR streamer, Zimtok5. How are you? Well, hello, Michael. How are you? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> I'm good. I had a... Uh... Uh, hence the accent there put on because I had a I walked the dog for like three hours and I ran across one of these like old codgers who you just like someone's hobbled along in like the old sweater vest and everything and he turned out to be 87 told talked to me about before the war and all this kind of stuff and I was like this is good I, I, I like that I really appreciate like just connecting with somebody you know um, I don't do it that often because I'm generally like you guys in my den you know doing doing the things I do but when you're out there I I try to try to get courageous, you know, and um, just ended up talking to this dude for like half an hour. And so that was like the, the highlight of my day. I think it's quite rare nowadays, unless like you say, it's someone from the older generation approaching you and talking to you. It's quite rare that someone would just randomly approach someone else and just have a conversation. Yeah, it's a bit creepy. Like, and I was thinking about that as we were going through it, because it's like, you know, would I just walk up to you know, a dude my age and be like, hey, it's like, that's, it's a little bit too happy puppy, but I just want to be friendly with somebody, another human yeah. being, please. And I think discussion has really gone out of that, you know, discourse of just like general pass someone on the street and then just like get talking to him for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Although like having a dog helps, I think, you know, especially like, you yeah. know, walking a dog and then meeting another dog owner, you know, you talk to people that way. Looking friendly anyway, helps. Yeah. yeah, I th yeah. I think that's often the thing with, with conversations just in general, because uh, I, I used to talk to like just like a lot of random people just on the bus. Like you would just like sit on this bus ride for like 45 minutes sitting next to each other and eventually you would just get talking unless they put like those like iPods in then you know like okay this person is not looking for any conversation you know <laughs> they're like off those limits two, those toothbrushes into their ears 
Yeah. yeah. Like I sometimes just put it in without listening to music <laughs> just because I don't want to be disturbed. It was just Lots like, of people do that. Do you do that, Rowdy? Window. Do you do that, Rowdy? Of course I do that. I thought but so. You, but you actually met your wife on the bus, Rowdy. That's, that's right. Yeah. I've met yeah. multiple girlfriends on the bus, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. I met my wife on the bus. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Nathie's going to make his future wife on a bus as well. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> That'll <Yeah>. be weird. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Uh, let's move on. This next guy is lost deep, deep <laughs> down the Pavlov rabbit hole. Is there a game that can bring him back from the void? Well, we don't know. <laughs> it's the one and only rowdy guy, of course. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm I'm doing all right. As long as I can keep on playing Pavlov, I'll be doing I'll be doing just fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering what is gonna be the game that breaks the chain, you know. I, I I mean I did play some 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 different things this week as well, but I did again like play like uh, the majority was Pavlov. Yeah, not sure. gonna lie, not gonna be uh, be be shy about that. I I still love that game. Well, we'll talk it more is, about uh, that very shortly, yeah, I guess. Sure. Um, but for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Mike, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we've got an interesting show for you. We're going to be talking about Lo-Fi, which is a new cyberpunk game coming soon to virtual reality. Uh, Rec Room brings yet another awesome update to their game called Stunt Runner. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on releases to look forward to next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Lenovo's new augmented reality experience called Marvel Dimension of Heroes. It's going to be kind of interesting. And then finally, Rowdy is going to give you a rowdy science lesson uh, on why some of us get motion sick in VR. Looking forward to that one as well. Uh, but first up, of course, let's find out what everyone's been playing this week and their highlight of the week. And first up is Nathy. Well, I haven't really been playing like much. <laughs> No, I've been no, playing Pavlov all, all week. Listen, no. Nathan, 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 I, I know, I know yeah. a game that you should try. Yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> He's going to turn sure. you to the dark side. It's 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 Minecraft mixed with CS:GO and then you know uh, stuff exactly. like that. Um, no, so I have I I what I did do this week is I went to a theme park um, and I checked out a virtual ride there. Uh, but I will be talking more about that in the next show. It's very interesting. So that's something I did. I love theme parks, by the way. Um, mm. And if it's something related to VR, it's even more interesting, of course. Um, but besides that, no, I haven't had much interest in playing games. Um, I think the right now the PC VR market doesn't have anything new to offer. Of course, there are the classics you go back to. Uh, we had No Man's Sky um, and a few others, but... Uh, there isn't much that catches the eye, in, in my uh, opinion. Uh, nothing nothing major, I would say. Of course, there's always this indie and there's always something unique, but it doesn't feel like an exciting market to me. Um, and then the standalone store, you know, the platform uh, is also not offering much that I feel like we're in this moment of like, you know, it's dipping a bit and then hopefully with Christmas, things start to... It's usually always after the summer, yeah, there's just this 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 I don't know Bermuda moment where no one really knows what's what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, I totally agree, and I think uh, Oculus Connect will give us some light at the end of that tunnel. I believe, you know, yeah, giving us some more <laughs> games to be uh, I, excited about. When is Asgard's Wrath well, coming out? Huh? Oh, When's yeah, it coming as, out? Yeah, 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 exactly. No, but I, you know what I hope for Oculus Connect. I don't hope that they just you know, launch like 20 new games out of nowhere. No, they show us a roadmap for what they are going to do. Because mm. even if we would get, let's say, 20 new quest games and they're all amazing, then they come out and then, then we mm. still have another, 
it's the same happened to the quest when it launched we now have this moment of i, I just hope they have a good launch uh window for everything because mm-hmm. you need to spread things out launch everything at the right moment because otherwise you're just shooting away fireworks like they did with time stall and what was it a red, red matter at the same yeah. time like you could better just launch red matter and then a few weeks later you go for the next one and tell people to like get excited for the next title so yeah even if you have 20 titles just don't release them all in the same few months and then have nothing again mm-hmm. so yeah that's 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 what i noticed so yeah, gaming, game, games, experiences. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope but we're, we're going to see something new. It's kind of the same in traditional gaming right now, though, because you've got like a lot of releases coming out like right now. You know, like Gears of War. You've got Modern Warfare on the mm. horizon. You, you know, you've got so many titles coming out. Man of Medan. Uh, they all kind of release at the same time, so you tend to have them all at the end of the year. Not really much going on over the summer, but yeah, I do agree true. that you know definitely with with vr titles you need to space them out a bit um so people can get hyped about the next game and then have a little lull get excited about the next game and then keep it going i I think i think what we're waiting for at the moment is some 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 fresh multiplayer titles um because you know rec room and uh, vr chat and pavlov arbus etc these games have been around for quite a while now and what i also said no offense as long as beat saber is the top rated game there's something wrong with right now the industry because there must be something more out there that can top that but mm. apparently there isn't anything yeah the power you of social I mean? i'd agree with you Nathan, I, 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 I like i i love beat saber uh, but it has been on like the the top for so long and i'm like when is there something going to beat that mm. it's weird Deep because wrong. it's i mean beat saber is an amazing game but there must be something that could be in the same lane that is also yeah. amazing. Well, that I mean, let's fantastic. not forget that, uh, like, I mean, in terms of like game releases, like No Man's Sky has just been released. That was a, a huge title to come to virtual reality. Uh, yeah. I, I still think that there's a lot of content in that game, and that if people like are looking yeah, for a great is, game experience to have the a multiplayer is, game, then I you think have there's this, a lot there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But this is like a major release you have. You know, No Man's Sky, super big game, super famous. But on the other side, No Man's Sky is not for everyone. So the thing is, you have this big game coming out, but then it's not for everyone. Yeah, and but the, I mean, that's what make, you're making missing games in, in for the, everyone. No, that, no, that, but in the VR like Skyrim space, is you, also not for what, everyone. No, no, no. But that's the way you launch games. That's how it works. Because PlayStation, for example, they make a platformer. They make a racing game but you can also play it in vr they make this they make that so they have different genres and they all launch them in a certain window so everyone can enjoy their headset they have and that's what i'm missing in the pc and also the standalone platform where yes something big comes out and it's cool but it's not for everyone i mean the the difference there is of course that playstation is a console and that pc gaming is uh independent developers or independent Mm -hmm. companies that are making their uh yeah yeah. making their steam steam doesn't uh decide when a game is launching as far as our developers can make out when they do i think with playstation their marketing uh uh like they're very good at marketing so i think they know when they want to release certain yeah, games course, and that shows in the end where oculus doesn't really sometimes i feel like know what they are doing with that so if you schedule them out all at the right timing then they all have a fair chance like we have seen it with seeing the land beyond it came out and no one knew red matter last year on pc but no one I, knew I, 
I think uh, what makes this a lot more complex is exactly because we have a Steam platform. If, if for example, Oculus says, oh, we want to like schedule it for, for that date, and the publisher then says, oh, no, but I'm not really interested in publishing that date. If Oculus doesn't want to release it, I'll just go to yeah, Steam but, and release it for Oculus there. Yeah, but Oculus doesn't, doesn't decide any release dates if they don't uh, uh, collaborate it with the developer. Only Oculus Studio, Studio games exactly. are ones that Oculus decides when they launch. And that's what happened with Timestall. They launched it on the same day as Red Matter. And mm, I still yeah. don't understand why. It's a shame mm. because now we're waiting for something new. I would have rather played Red Matter now and Timestall last month and still had some, you know, space yeah. between that. So that's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, hopefully we have more games, but also schedule them at the right moment. So it keeps so. the momentum going. I, yeah, I exactly. Get point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So uh, let's pass it over to Zim then. What have you been up to then, mate? Uh, Nathy's rant's over now. <laughs> it's not a rant, <laughs> on, it's a fact. On, 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 on pacing. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, you know, games like Beat Saber, I mean, are getting pretty long in the tooth now. I mean, it's, to be honest, it's, it's kind of, there's not a lot different with that game from, you know, a year, year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, you can chew through Beat Saber pretty easily. You can uh, do the side questy thing, but, you know, No Man's Sky is like a whole feckin deep ocean of content um and i think it's i think it's for a wider gamut um of people than than would necessarily expect at the outset anyway we don't have to go into the beat saber versus no man's sky debate but um <laughs> what i played this week was a whole trough of mediocre quest games so although it sounds like i'm maybe uh disagreeing here i'm actually agreeing that at the moment quest kind of lacks an excitement within the walled garden and the real excitement for me and still easily by far the top application is virtual desktop for me because it's a window into my pc and if you've got a gaming pc that can run vr games hmm. you can run anything it's and it it just works so amazingly well it, it, again you have to have that 5g connection 2.4 really doesn't cut it you notice the late latency um but 5g connection if you've got that on your local network and a gaming pc that's good enough that's amazing. So um, the two games that I did want to mention were, I mentioned last week, in, and, I, and I didn't know the price of it. It's actually a free game on Oculus Go, which was Golden Loft, which is the one that teaches you mm -hmm. about Fibonacci sure. sequence and all this kind of stuff. And if you're a Go owner, go check that out. It was maybe about an hour's worth of content, but the game is really, it looks great and uh, teaches you some stuff about that. I, I thought it was really good and they kept it accessible in terms of the level of science that went in. Like I'm sure Rowdy will in his science bit a bit later on. And um, then the second game I, I played, right after having checked out a, kind of the early build of Lo-Fi, I went back to kind of remember and replay to kind of see what the developer's strengths were. Uh, an original game that it, when I originally scored it, I'd given it an avoid rating, which was Technolust. And I ended up upscoring that after having played it. Now, there's some pretty mm. obtuse controls, but like Oculus Touch controls work with it. And the cyberpunk aesthetic, really strong. And actually, I think I would even go so far as now to recommend people, aside from loading the, um, there's, a, there's a 3D printer in the first room you're in, and you have to really fiddle with that hard to be able to get it to function. Aside from the obtuse control scheme and that design, actually, there's a lot to that game that looks fantastic in like the Rift S. And uh, Technolust was the first title. So if you're like itching for lo-fi, I'd say support them, go buy Technolust and play that through because 
it's a couple hours you'll, and yeah. you'll get that you'll get that lovely flavor they've got so many mini games they've got a whole arcade with mm. like five different mini games and basketball it's kind of like Peerhead arcade almost uh in certain parts so they, they've done a lot with it uh, when i first ran it it didn't perform well i got to a door which ended up not letting me proceed but right now there's not much better than that package actually the yeah. original techno lust and uh, the music <laughs> just dial down your headphones before you launch the game that's all i'll say yeah looking forward to hearing your thoughts on lo-fi because we're going to be talking about that later on so also your, its comparison to its previous game techno lust as well i think that would be an interesting comparison yeah. um cool so let's uh, see what rowdy's been up to i wonder if we can all guess <laughs> go on, this, go on, is, this is turning into a meme no it is yeah. like, uh, i mean i did play pavlov obviously this week uh, <laughs> i mean i had to surprise um, uh, I, I did play it i played it again with like uh i, I played a, a number of different I, I think i tried all of the different uh, modes that they have this week so i did that but i also i, I installed my new uh, uh graphics card my uh, rtx 2080 ti <sighs> and i loaded up um no man's sky just to just Ooh. to have a, go and experience that and i have to say i was i was really impressed but i still managed to get frame drops in the game also ah, yep. i don't get why we still have the the dual rendering of the screen i thought that yeah by now they would have you know eliminated at least one screen because i think that's that must be heavier to render that yeah. kind of screen than just to render one screen, right? Why can't you turn it off? That's my only question is like, why hasn't Sean Murray and team given us the option to just turn off the desktop render? Well, just but, in general, yeah. I would say, right? Yeah, um, no VR games exactly. give you that option. So I don't think it's unique to No Man's Sky, but I do agree no. that there is some performance gains. To I, I, I do think if you're, if you're just getting into VR and you have a PC VR headset, then of course it's nice to have that feedback to see it like oh it works on the screen. Um, yeah, but in the end, you I mean, do want to. The, the thing for me is because I mean you're rendering two screens yeah, in yeah. your in your eyes, you're rendering two more screens on your desktop, mm, yeah, and then true. I also use a mirror screen, and I I still use OBS, so I have like you know five to six <laughs> different kind of renders that are like constantly yeah. going on. So I mean eventually it's gonna reach like a peak limit, but. By just removing the desktop mm. view, you would already eliminate two of them. Yeah. So we we did we did see games that had like one just vertical screen and that's it. But it's mm -hmm. rare. Like most of them always, or they are mm. just completely full screen, mm -hmm. um, and even bumped up in resolution. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that would be nice if you could turn it off. But then it would be nice if it's universal and not just hey, one developer does it. Um, yeah. So in terms just of the um... overall, I'll go ahead. I was going to say, just in terms of Pavlov, like, you know, obviously, you, I think you're now, you know, earned yourself the crown as resident Pavlov expert. Yep. Um, <laughs> if, if someone was going to try Pavlov for the first time now, is there any sort of like must try maps or modes that you would recommend? Well, just the community maps in general. I mean, uh, if you just play the core Pavlov game, uh, I, I think you're still missing out on a lot of the fun stuff that is going on. There's mm -hmm. so many maps that you can download. There are so many people that are creating maps nowadays. It's just a shame if you would miss out on it. If you, I mean, I, I, I remember that back when I really got hooked to it, I downloaded a lot of like the Halo maps. So I was actually playing like the Halo maps in Pavlov, which I had, I found it hilarious to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, but now even the skins, the gore is a bit extra for me. It doesn't really need that, I think. I actually think I turned it off now because it just doesn't make sense in the game. Um, 
but uh yeah the game in itself it's 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 so nice and now also with my with my new gpu everything runs so much more smoother oh it's it, like the first time i recorded it and i i was just playing it i could finally see like the crosshairs like properly and i could um i mean just the the, the overall smoothness of the of the movement uh really like made a difference for me that yeah. you have that stable was it with the Hertz 80, 80 frames per second, like constantly? Makes it's, such a difference, uh, though, doesn't it? Like when you makes get that, such a difference. That that, that kind of almost yeah. like permanent glass smooth. Yeah, Mike yeah, knows because he's so had smooth. it the whole time with his fucking water cooled tower. But yeah. I mean, I'm curious, No Man's Sky. What do you like doing in that? And um, did you notice what impact did you notice when you dialed the graphics up? Like what extra detail or whatever was visible? Uh, like I, I I did expect the graphical detail to increase more um but like i, I mean I, what i mostly do in that game is just hopping that thing and like uh, i just fly around like on planets and i fly uh, through asteroid fields and i land somewhere and then i i take a look around and i go off again i don't mess around with any of the of the environment or all that stuff so i don't really play the game it's just when <laughs> i want to like relax and like you know fly around a bit i go in there and, uh, and check it out that's mostly what i do in no man's sky yeah, so just just for infos, you went from a nine eighty to a nine eighty Ti to ah. a twenty eighty uh, okay. Ti. And what and processor? The difference is is enormous. Huh? Mm -hmm. What processor mm -hmm. coupled with that? That's a kind of an, an i seven uh, Skylacky. Nerd nerd talk here. Sorry, we're all <laughs> smiling oh. over Rowdy's new equipment. Welcome, but that, that, welcome that to is the PC a, I mean, that's, that's a yeah. two generation yeah. jump, of course. So I mean, you're. Ex I'm, I, w I was expecting to see like a difference between the two, but I didn't expect it to be so much. Nice. What about the chat then, Nathy? Are they playing any cool stuff this week? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Cat says uh, that, uh, you know, he recommends uh, people to play uh, the zombie maps uh, in Pavlov. Yeah. Do people yes. still play vanilla as well, Rowdy? Or is that not yeah, really a thing anymore? Yeah, I, I mean, I still play it. Like, if you want to play, like, just a regular deathmatch or search and destroy them, the original maps, because they're very much inspired by the Call of Duty maps, you know, like uh, uh, the Counter-Strike maps, maps, then it's like, uh, it makes perfect sense to do that. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. And then we have, of course, some Beat Saber, some Lone Echoes, and... Oh, yeah, also, what I'm also excited for is Borderlands. Mm. Borderlands 2 VR, right? Yeah, but still yeah. no co-op. Still no co-op. We're, we're still, still no co-op. I, I think that's a real shame, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll um, see. Yeah. So um, I, I got to play, uh, try out some interesting uh, thing this week. Um, and it's a VR product called Thermoreal uh, from a company called Tegway. They're a mm. Korean-based Korean, Korean -based company. Uh, I can show you it here. And basically what they've, um, what they've developed is uh, a facial interface kit that can be placed on your VR headset using Velcro because it's got like Velcro on the back of this. Um, and then on the top of it, uh, it's got these like three bricks. They're quite chunky little uh, sort of sensors. And what they actually do is they're, uh, they're thermoelectric devices. <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, but, but what they can do is they can provide a range of, of heat and cooling ranging from four degrees Celsius to 40 degrees Celsius. <laughs> to wow. your face yeah it's hot it's yeah it's hot so <laughs> uh I, I i met these guys at gamescom i'd met them previously like last year at gamescom they had a demo where um you could hold on to this thing and they also had this facial interface on demo as well and i was like hey look you know i kind of fancy showing this off on a video would you want to send me one out and they said yeah sure so i, I got to demo you do it. know you, mike you do know why they asked you out of all of us right <laughs> 
because uh, yes, <laughs> the perfect wouldn't, wouldn't set my hair on fire. Yeah, that's probably good, yeah. good no, point. No, but I, uh, seeing this, I mean, you are a brave man because, uh, like, uh, this, someone said it in chat as well. I was expecting you to show up with burn marks on your scalp. <laughs> you know what? I was actually surprised I didn't have any marks when I took the headset off. <laughs> Um, and this is how crazy it got. Like, uh, but so wait, basically... wait, wait, wait. How do they limit uh, the temperature? That's the first thing I want to know. Well, this was my concern when I was using it. I was like, because uh, like after using it, you're like, actually, how safe is this thing? <laughs> 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 the, the thought only came up to me afterwards. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, like four, four to 40 is what they say. Um, but there is a thermal cutoff with the module that this connects to, which is this here. It's like a Bluetooth module. So um, it will turn itself off if it gets too hot or too cold, and it sort of turns itself red. But it's Bluetooth? Yeah, so basically... So what if the, if the connection drops? Uh, then it, you just won't get any heat or cold. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love seeing like micro panic in, face, in Mike's face muscles. It's just, he's like, I'm, I could have died. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I put my life on the line for you guys. Um, but basically, uh, so yeah, that sort of answers some of the question because I was streaming it from my PC to the Quest mm. uh, using virtual desktop, actually, because um, that was the best uh, application out of the three, like RiftCat, ALVR, or virtual desktop. That was the best one I experienced in terms of latency and also the correct controllers represented in-game uh, because these aren't, uh, the demos that they provided aren't official games, so they didn't have all the controller mm. mappings in them, so you have like to rely on Steam. Quest demos? No, then they are like PC demos, right? PC demos that I was oh. streaming to Quest using virtual yeah. desktop. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, Interesting. And so, so the Bluetooth adapter, so this is, this is a product that's generally used with PC VR headsets then and not Quest. Yeah, exactly. This, this this facial interface is actually the Vive, original Vive facial interface. Oh, yeah, and when I, can I tell. When they sent it over, they said, oh, yeah, you must use this with the Vive. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to use this with the Quest. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I tried it with the Quest. And basically in the demos, they're, they're super basic demos because it's very early days. Uh, but basically you've got like a hot room and a cold room and you can sort of teleport between the two. Mm. And when you go in, it just just, just gradually gets hotter and hotter mm. or colder and colder. But like... <laughs> No word of a lie, like it gets so hot and it gets so cold that you can't actually bear it anymore. Like it's that bad. It, it, it gets Especially if it's on your forehead. Well, I was going to say, nuts. does it feel very much spot temperature variation or do you get a more broadened sense of temperature? In other words, is your whole head or your whole torso feeling warmer because of where they're... No, it, it's, it's all across your forehead because of the three senses. Right. Um, okay. But basically, yeah, so it spreads the heat across your forehead. But like, it, you know, like it got so hot that you're thinking, holy crap, I'm going to be like scarred for life. So you yeah, have to get out of here. Um, it's actually then, an interesting choice. I mean, for, I, I'm, I'm trying to approach it more from like a like a like a science direction, because hmm. when you when you cool down, the first thing that would get cold would be like extremities, like your fingers and toes. Yeah. And that, that is because more blood is being sent to areas that are for sure need to stay warm like yeah. your forehead where your brain is so yeah. typically that's like one of the areas that is probably the the least likely to cool down unless you're actually you know freezing to death yeah. um is that the kind of like scenario they're trying to go for that they, they want to make you feel like you're freezing to death or is that like so I, I so this is this isn't i don't think this is like consumer available i think it's just like a prototype mm -hmm. uh, a developer prototype just to show mm -hmm. off what's capable uh with this technology but they, they've partnered with b haptics who make the haptic suits and the haptic vests oh, that'd be epic. 
So, you know, you need to use the B-Haptics player to enable this to work. So I'm thinking that in the future, there'll be future collaborations between the two. Um, and I think that would be really interesting, like incorporating this technology into a suit, hmm. uh, a bit like the uh, the Tesla suit. That so like getting tried. hit with a Molotov in the chest that then you feel on your forehead as the flames lick your nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That seems kind of wild. Although, although what I would say is that I, I wouldn't want it to get this hot or this cold. Hmm. Like if it was in a suit like i, I thought it was too extreme yeah. um for my personal tastes uh hmm. to the point where i thought it might even be a bit dangerous um but again like it's a prototype it's not good for consumers yeah, and, i'm, and I'm just course, a guinea pig right now forget we all strap tv screens right directly in front of our eyes so i yeah, mean we're, so... We're, we're no one to talk to say like uh, See, oh they shouldn't be trying this I, I applaud them for trying something new once again uh but i mean i do have like certain Hmm. reservations with this kind of uh, but i mean i want to see this technology though like if you say hmm. like oh they're going to put it into a haptic suit like some kind of like wet suit that you can like put on before you go into virtual reality Ooh. that gets warm and cold and gives you vibrations yeah. hey uh, sign yeah. me up but like yeah. is there a f- physiological limit as well because like what you were saying is true rowdy about your um extremities so you feel colder in your hands and all that but your your sensors wrong terms here i'm sure in your hands compared to your face uh i think you're you're slightly deadened in the in the face mm-hmm. area in terms of pain receptors uh temperature reception a few other things as well i don't know it's not quite as far as i'm aware area. because i know i know i know that like your face is actually like for for example your lips and uh, uh those kind of areas they they contain a lot of sensors especially like somatosensors, sensors like and um you have the, the pain receptors, they're called uh, noisoceptors, I believe. Um, but there's a lot of that. The phase is actually a very, very sensitive kind of area, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I you do, but you extremities don't like a, a nose is also an extremity. Yeah, like th- that will also get cold very, right. very fast. Yeah, yeah. it's it's and funny ears? though that this company also made controllers, like an Xbox controller, where the mm. sides are also you know having thermals, so you can play on your PlayStation or your Xbox, or maybe even Switch in the future, who knows, where you can also feel the cold and the heat. I almost dropped their device when they showed it to me at Gamescom. But yeah. I would not put this on my forehead, no way. But if yeah. they put it in the behaptic suit, I'm down. And I think for arcades, this could be nice, because right now what they do is they have these heaters on the sides. But if it's an all-in-one package, then it's also easier to sell to, you know? Yeah, um, although what I would say is with this, like, again, it is a prototype, so you've got to give it some leeway. But is it comfy, by the way? That's no, what I was about I was to just ask. about to say. Yeah. It's, not, it's not comfortable at all. Like, after 10 minutes of use, I was done wearing this because uh, these things dig into your head as well. Um, this is obviously soft and spongy. These are just rock-hard bricks uh, on your head. So, yeah, it's wow. not very comfortable. Yeah. Um, but like Nate, you said, you but, know, but is it But is it already a prototype, or is it maybe more like, like, like a puck, like a proof of concept? Or... Uh, it's a prototype. So you can buy it, but I think really only it's developers should buy this. It's not no, for consumers. No, no. Um, but also, like uh, along with the controllers, uh, they're also developing a pair of headphones right now that have um, active cooling, so they can cool your head a little bit because uh, you know your ears can get a bit warm wearing headphones all the time. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but this this technology is very flexible, so you can uh, you know apply it to lots of different applications. Um, but I was thinking it would be cool, you know, if you were playing like Beat Saber, for example, and you know, it knew that you were getting a bit warm, so it could kind of give you a, a cold towel on the forehead, you know, in between sessions or, you know, filling an explosion in games like Onward or Pavlov, for example, would be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it's very early days, but it's just kind of interesting to get a glimpse of what could be possible in the future with this kind of technology. Yeah. 
Uh, good job trying it anyway, Mike. I wondered when I saw your tweet about, you know, doing something, uh, doing something different. Yeah, I always like trying uh, experimental hardware, even though it can be kind of dangerous or risky. I do, I do really enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, there we go. That's what I got up to this week. Um, but let's move into some news then. And uh, the first bit of news is about a game that Zim was talking about last week in releases. Uh, and this is Skyworld kingdom brawl uh this is a game from vertigo games and was releasing on the oculus quest now although i'm not a big fan of this game i was happy that it was going to get a you know a bigger audience on the quest so you know hopefully it would do better than the pc version but uh unfortunately it had a bit of a rocky launch um some technical issues with the multiplayer and uh vertigo games actually ultimately made the decision to have the game pulled from the oculus store interesting This so, was really uh, weird because when you when you listed this as a topic we we're going to talk about, I played this just the other day. Like I played it two days ago, and so mm. I guess it's gone since then. Then, yes, yeah, recently, huh. yeah, very recently. Um, and Vertigo Games they tweeted about this uh, on their social media this week, and they said, uh, "We are aware that players on the Oculus Quest are experiencing issues with matches ending in unexpected draws before the match is complete." We are working on a solution to this. We want players to have a great experience, so have decided to temporarily remove the game from the Oculus Store until this is resolved. Now, the interesting part of this is when I was looking on uh, the Oculus Quest subreddit, some users were reporting that the game had actually been removed from their devices remotely. So they had bought the game, they'd installed it, the game was broken, so Vertigo Games pulled the game, and then they're saying that they couldn't access the game from their library anymore. And I was thinking, well, this is kind of interesting. Like, are Oculus able to completely stop do, you from playing something that you've installed? Do they have a system for that, you mean? Quite. And I was thinking... I, I've it, never heard this. Be- this is the first time they pull a game out of the... the Like a player's library. But then I started to do a bit of digging, and other users were saying they could still access the game. Yeah, but- so... I'm not sure ultimately if that is the case, but it's just some users said that that was the case. Some users said that that wasn't the case. So I don't really have a full but conclusion they, they have, for you. In the end, like Oculus is a store and behind that store, there's another store that kind of backs it up. So when a game is sitting there that is not out yet, it will get triggered and then it goes to the actual, it's like live store versus like a, some kind of also live store, but not you can't access it as a consumer. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's interesting, you know, and I don't think this was the case, but like I say, a few users were saying that they thought that the game was remotely uninstalled or unavailable. But did they communicate in the end? Did they make a blog post saying like, listen, uh, this is the first time we have a game that gets pulled out. This is what you need to expect as a consumer that bought it. No. So no no communication from Oculus. Only communication was from Vertigo themselves via Mm. Twitter, which again, you know, if you bought this game, it's unlikely that you're probably following all these people on Twitter and, you know, you get into the loop that way. That's, yeah, true. Even most consumers wouldn't be on This game, like this, this game could like, it should have had the best launch ever because it's one of those games that, you know, and now it got pulled back. I don't know about that. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, like Oculus have this strict curation system now, you know, every game goes through this very rigorous Q&A process. But then again, this was something to do with the multiplayer side. So it could be server side from Vertigo Games that had the issue. So you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess, for that. But again, like you say, communication, you know, you're just got to be clear about it and let everyone know what the situation is. But apparently right now, the situation is right now, uh, according to users on Reddit, is that if you bought the game and you have it in your library, mm. you can play it right now solo, 
apparently Vertigo Games have added a very small update so that basically just disables the multiplayer. I can confirm, having just booted it on my device successfully. So yeah. on the fly, I just checked there because I downloaded it two days ago prior to this news breaking. It's yeah. there. It loads. It went through a couple of odd load site sequences. So loading screen to black to loading to logo and the flipping coin and then you're in so yeah it's there they could have they could have turned off the multiplayer for a while but it it, it it sounds like this was like a major thing that they need to like they need to develop again for a while mm-hmm. to get this the, you know fixed the, the chat by the way is commenting on this as well we have eric hartley saying that he believes that the game license was removed and not the files themselves and that steam actually does a similar kind of thing uh, and people are also wondering if Zim was checking it or if he was just bored with the conversation. A <laughs> <laughs> little yeah, bit of that, column A, a little bit of column so, B. So that <laughs> would kind of make sense. If Eric is right, then that would align with what some users are reporting, that the license was temporarily revoked, so they couldn't actually play the game. Yeah. Hmm. But that's kind of weird that Oculus can remotely like log you out of a game that you've legitimately bought and is on your system. Hmm. But like like we said, since then, now the current situation is they've disabled the multiplayer. So if you go and try that in game, it just says a little banner saying temporarily disabled. If you haven't bought it yet, you can't buy it until it's been reinstated on the store after these technical issues have been resolved. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I suppose hmm. it's one of those things where they launched it. I mean, what would you do, right? Um, the multiplayer aspect of that game, I mean, most people are not gonna wanna play that single player. No, that's the what AI. they buy it for. It's yeah. essentially, you know, it's it's like a, it's this very simplified version of a strategy game. You're putting down your armies and they're clashing or whatever. But if you're not if you're not got the human interaction, I can see why they pulled it. Mm-hmm. I would have done but the same algor- thing. Like algorithm wise on the store, pulling something out and then put it back in there. Sometimes it's better to leave something up and then. But again, as I said, it's yeah. a big it's it's a big problem. So they they can't have the single player up for a week and say like, yeah, listen, multiplayer doesn't work. I think this was this is gonna take a while. Also, yeah. while the game the game the game is live, you got to remember that people can leave reviews. So hmm. where if it's not there, they can't leave reviews. Yeah. True, so you know, good point. Mike. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. they resolve the issues and it's back on the store quickly. And if you're enjoying the game, hope you can enjoy it some more when it's back online. Um, so yeah, that's that. Next bit of news this week is about an upcoming VR game called Lo-Fi. Uh, Zim talked about it a little bit earlier on. Um, so if you're not aware, Lo-Fi is uh, a VR open world sandbox game, uh, that's kind of in development right now and is on Kickstarter. Now the emphasis on this game is all about exploration and character driven stories. Uh, the player is free to explore this kind of Uh, metropolis cyberpunk city completely in their own time on their own sort of schedule do what you want to do in the order you want to do it Uh, and it's all about like just furthering the individual narratives that you want to follow or like zim said earlier you can just go and hang out in an arcade uh, or in a back alley and you know do what you want to do and and do it in your own time which is kind of an interesting concept just just to qualify that was about techno lust so oh basically the same premise has been applied to lo-fi as well it seems um Lo-fi, interestingly, is is actually the street name, uh, you know, in game, uh, given to the people that can't merge with the platform. <laughs> now, the platform is an a ubiquitous virtual reality simulation, so you're almost going into a simulation of a simulation if you go into the platform in Lo-fi. Yep. Um, but basically, a bit like Ready Player One, in the game, most of the population live on the platform, you know, like plugged into this virtual world, and 
the people that aren't plugged in are called lo-fi and you basically play this lo-fi police officer that has recently been transferred to a particularly bad uh, district of city block 303 so you're basically starting your sort of um, you know foray into sort of keeping law and order in this sort of uh, dark place with all this like techno stuff and cyberpunk sort of aesthetic going on which is a an interesting premise i think for a game mm. um You've played the demo of this, right, Zim? And oh. you've obviously played the previous game, Technolust. Yes. So maybe you can talk us a little bit about how you found the demo of Lo-Fi, because it's, it's still very early, right? Yeah, right it's, uh, I'm not convinced I don't have a build that I got from Blair and sadly ignored about four months ago. Because what I played, and I know a lot of people are going on about uh, Lo-Fi and very positive about it. And whilst I like the premise and... Uh, the visuals of what what I saw, what I saw was like the free demo air car where you're flying around with a very with an elite, dangerous style map system. It's very pretty, but there wasn't much depth as far as I could tell. And the control scheme, obviously joystick and things like that, you know, no animations. But trying to figure out how how to work the craft initially was difficult. Some people said you could land and walk around. I didn't get to figure out how to do that. I wasn't aware that was a facet of the game. When I review games or try them, I generally go in like trying to look at how intuitive is it as well. And so for me, you know, I just after 10 minutes kind of in there, wasn't all that impressed personally. I like what it's trying to go for. And that's why I wanted to be fair to it um, because Blair's been working on this for like three to four years. He's got another couple of people working on it with him, which I learned subsequently to kind of giving my remarks. Uh, Mark Schramm and um, Nick Pittum, for instance, contributing to the project. These are big names in the VR space and they're, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters. So I, I would like to think that the early build that I've got still has, has potential. Um, I, obviously what I've, what I've played is very early and I think I didn't be, I didn't get to go into every nook and corner of it. Um, but what I can say, uh, in a positive spin is, as I said earlier, Technolust actually holds up a lot better than I remembered it. Um, some of the scaling, like back in the early days, the scaling was a problem. You know, your coffee cup is too big or whatever, but the kind of feel of like, this is cyberpunk and like, they've got the music. I was literally sitting in Technolust with the boom box on my shoulder, they had a little bobblehead of Blair, like literally mm -hmm. the, the main developers there in a bobblehead looks not too dissimilar to you, Mike. He's like jamming away. I'm jamming away. We literally just spent 10 minutes just grooving the music in that game. Then, you know, proceeded, played for, I don't know, an hour and a half or something. And then found this arcade, played all these different games. Mm -hmm. And I got to the Tetris game and I was like, Jesus, how did they not get sued for copying Tetris? But that aside, it whetted my appetite. So now I feel quite positive about lo-fi, even if, what I played didn't blow my socks off, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, okay. So talking about platforms, what platform is this getting aimed for? Because as ZMZ, like there are certain things in there that like, for example, like Pac-Man and things like that, uh, you know, you need licenses for that. And say with the new one, I saw like Atari uh, advertisement, It's it looks great. But, you know, in the end, you need a platform that's, that suits this, 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 has this to ambitious be project as well, right? Yeah. I, I think so. I saw on their, uh, <laughs> on their long list of, like, milestones, at the very end was a quest build. So I a think quest build. as far as I understand, PCVR is the primary target. They might, do, okay. they might be able to achieve, given their success so far on the Kickstarter, yeah. which isn't surprising because people get excited about the, the, the idea, you know, even if what's but, been implemented isn't so 
amazing. Um, and PSVR Apparently, according to the chat, the uh, the quest milestone is uh, set at uh, six hundred thousand. Yeah, exactly. What? Okay, um, um, but so, that's so PC. And then because I know Blair, like Technolas was an Oculus game. I think was it on Steam? I don't. Was it on Steam? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. It was like an Oculus game. But what is he aiming for now? Is he still aiming for just one platform or? Well, right now the demo that he provided is on Oculus. So we don't know if it's going to be on Steam. But Oculus has already approved this project as a game that will be on their store. Well, with Rift, the 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 the, the curation is, no, is very different. No, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But you say like four or five people work on this, and it's open world, and they worked on it for three, four years. I mean, that's a long, long time. But not when you work with five people. On I think open world I think game. it's single. I think it's been single dev for the majority of that time. I think this is very much, as I've understood it, Blair's baby, and he's yeah, brought okay. in others to kind of do bits. Yeah, that's my understanding from the from the write up. I don't know. So like, it's if also you have uh, so it also that. sounds just like Technolust. It's also more of a passion project that you kind of need to get into. It's it's like he makes a game, but it's also kind of him wanting to make this game for. Mm. I have this. to I have to say to to Blair as well, and he knows because I've commented on his, his his Twitter before. The guy isn't just into cyberpunk like in VR. Mm. He's done some amazing photography in places like I think Seattle and that, where he's taking shots and it's like looks like total cyberpunk, like something you'd put as a desktop wallpaper if you're into that kind of thing. So um go follow him also on Twitter. For for the record, uh Technolost was on Steam for a short while, um, but it was pulled from it. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Oh, I guess it's yeah. a probably licensing thing again. So um so yeah, Lo-Fi uh, right now, if you're interested, uh, is on Kickstarter. Uh, they are they have been successful actually. Uh, we've put a link to the Kickstarter in the uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign in the description. It's thirty five dollars uh, for basically pre ordering the game, which mm-hmm. they state will be releasing in October. So October. Yeah, not long to wait. Only a month. So. But this is like an early access thing, or is uh, it like that's it and the full game is out? Apparently so, yeah. Well, it says based on what Zim just said, it sounds more like early access. Yeah, well, according to the Kickstarter, it just says releasing in October. So okay. whether, like you say, that is early access or the full game, if uh, you feel we... adventurous, then you yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the team at Iris VR, they they launched their original game, Technolust, via Kickstarter as well, actually, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and that was way back in 20, uh, 2014. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's it was even on Oculus Share. They had like a demo up because yeah. I looked up like my on my channel when I played it. It's been five years ago that I played yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's about I'm right. Apparently, old. only a, the demo will release in October. Uh, it is oh, uh, in the updates hey. in Kickstarter. It is listed like that according to the chat. Right, mm, so okay. if you back it, you get the demo in October, and then the full game will be coming later. Okay, thanks for the clarification. The, the one thing I have to call out, and this is to all the nerdy single guys out there, you see a nice cyber chick, you know, a nice cyberpunk-looking chick, and you go, where's my wallet? Throw my wallet at that game. That happened with Technolust as well, and that's kind of how they got kickstarted. So I feel a little bit dirty about you know that aspect of it especially when in this you, you straight in it's pretty girl dancing in front of you and it's like i would kind of prefer they weren't milking that specific cow wait um, wait, wait, wait where can i download that <laughs> uh, yeah we'll give you the link rowdy we will um, but but I, I have to say their design of their kickstarter page because you know they vary sometimes kickstarter pages look amazing they did a really good job i think i think they did a really yeah. good job selling their game and not going too crazy on the um, various perks oh, yeah. that you can go for yeah, like I said, they've been successful as well. Like the game is successfully funded already. They originally had a a goal of sixty thousand Canadian US uh, Canadian dollars, and they've 
surpassed that because right now it's 68,000 Canadian dollars, I believe. And they've got like 25 days left on the campaign. So uh, they've got plenty of time to raise more money. But like you guys said, they do have some stretch goals. Uh, if they raise 256,000, they will do a PSVR port. And if they hit 600,000, they'll make a quest port, they said. But I think, you know, hitting 600,000 is highly unlikely. Uh, but I wish them the best of luck. Uh, yeah. They did actually send uh, some some access to the demo to me as well this week, but I just I just haven't had a chance to play it. So unfortunately, uh, I can't give my opinion on it. But uh, hopefully, this this week I'll get some time it, to uh, it check it out. Palmer Lucky uh, dropping the rest of the money in their bank accounts. He could. I'm sure he played Techno Lost. I'm sure he did. Oh, I'm sure he did as well. Yeah. Um, but likely we'll see Blair uh, OC6, so we can talk to yeah. him more there about his project. Um, so that is LoFi on Kickstarter right now. Uh, mm. Next bit of news this week is going to get everyone triggered. I can oh, feel it. Oh, no. oh, I know, oh, I know, no. I know what this is oh, going no. to be all about. I know it. This so, has been a topic on the podcast for so freaking long. Yeah, and it always gets everyone like why the V word. This should be. Yeah. We should. We should make this like an official swear word. You're not allowed to say the V word. Exactly. Exactly. Um, last week's show, we talked about the lab getting a major update adding full index finger tracking support and item physics mm. in the experience and it def- has dashing too now yeah huh? and you should go check it out like if you haven't checked out the lab you can play it on all vr headsets it's free it's on steam go and check it out um but since then someone much much smarter than us uh was able to <laughs> Brody? decompile no, oh. Someone, someone else. Nah. Nah. Even smarter than Rowdy, I would say. They were able to uh, decompile the Unity code of the lab and have a dig around the code and, and, and sort of go into the matrix and sort of read it. And, and basically, this was reported on originally by Tyler McVicker. Um, some of you might know him. He's, uh, he's from the Valve News Network. Mm, yes, now, yes. He has a, a YouTube channel, which mainly reports like leaks like this from Valve, um, but has been unreliable in the past. So take this with a huge grain of salt. We um, don't, uh, Mike. Sorry, we can't. Yeah, you you just want to believe it. <laughs> yeah. Please, so please. so get this in in the decompiled code that they dug out of the lab. There are references to combine soldiers, striders, gunships, and the G-Man himself Whoa. from Half Life. So. Deciphering the code, Tyler proposes that there were details about reloading mechanics, uh, like actual built levels and puzzles, suggesting that this is like an early prototype or something that is in the works uh, from Valve in relation to Half-Life. Now, it would have been way more impressive had they actually compiled this code and got it actually up and running and showed you something, but sadly, that's not the case. So like I said, take this with a huge grain of salt um it wouldn't be so, the first time though mike that um the thing is with the broader narrative like left for dead um portal portal 2 this has happened before where there yes. was some seeding of assets i still remember even the counter-strike source engine being pre-leaked back in god it was near the millennium um but it's it's it that, this is the problem right separating fact from fiction is difficult also fact from smart developer who's just trolling the feck out of us because they want to i mean mm-hmm. if i was a developer in Valve, i would just yeah. do that g-man every second comment you know <laughs> yeah also yeah. let's not forget that a lot of those character models are now a lot being used by developers to test things as yeah. well 
yeah. especially in like new kinds of settings instead of like developing a character model all the way from zero they oh, import yeah. one from their old games and mm -hmm. then they they use that i mean could be anything. yeah yeah it could be it's, yeah it's such easy marketing but still so still easy. still half-life 3 confirmed that's why yeah, are we yeah, talking exactly. about this fucking thing again well i know the only other thing is the rumor mill is going crazy over you know the new valve h you know valve game and again in the back of my brain it's been like two years since valve picked up you know the writer who did farpoint and those kinds yeah, of things dude. so to me it's kind of like yeah. it's just about the right time and there's been rumors that they're going to unveil some additional information so yeah yeah zim is right i ah. think zim is right and i also think zim is right about the orange box coming to vr Wow. I really think that, that's going to that, happen. I, that would be I awesome. said that way early on. I bought my vibe on the premise that that was going to happen. So yeah, Valve is taking their time. But of course uh, they're going to do I, I, I am still, I am convinced that they're working on a Half-Life game. You are convinced. Rab, Rab I will, you know, I will call Gabe Newell after the show so we can kind of get a do scoop it. for ourselves. Uh, and oh, wait, we I'll, might I'll be call, able to I'll, share I'll it. I'll call him right now. Just, just a okay. Yeah. I already have him on text right here. It's, it's fine. So, so just to give you a little bit more news, because although this is kind of like, you know, speculation and rumor, busy. there is actually something going on um, next week. Uh, and that is that one of the developers from Valve uh, called Kerry Davis, uh, he's actually uh, doing a talk and he, he said that he's talking about the games industry, him working at Valve, and also the work he's been doing on the upcoming flagship VR title from Valve. So he is actually... He is actually working on one of these VR titles, and he's going to be doing a talk Whoa, uh, next when? week. Where? So, uh, the talk will take place at, uh, at DigiPen uh, in Washington on the Digipen? 14th of September. Yeah, apparently it's like a, okay. a little group thing. It's a horrible name. And although it's unlikely that we'll get any significant news there, like he's not going to release like Half-Life 3 VR there. No. Um, you know, how it, do you know? How do you know? It's like some dude. You never, gonna... Because you it's know. Digipen, Nathan. It's Digipen, <laughs> okay, right? right? It's, not, it's not a catchy name to release a Half-Life title. No, no I, I agree. But this, this guy, he has worked on Portal, he has worked on Half-Life, and he has worked on Left 4 Dead, amongst many other sort of okay. Valve games. So he it's Half-Life 3. He is a legit <laughs> VR <laughs> Valve developer, so he will be talking there. If any significant news comes out of that event, but we'll he can, keep no, you posted. Fortress 3. I, I, I'm. This is my bank because they already got it working in VR. They've been polishing in the background. People expect it to be Portal or Half Life, right. Team Fortress. Yeah, that's but my that's guess. why we already have Meat Fortress. That wouldn't make any sense. It's multiplayer. It only confuse Way better. Way but better. I like my guess is that he's just going to talk about ones and zeros, and we have no idea what this actual flagship title they are working on is all about. But please give me something so I can use my index again. And I can just blow up the dust. <laughs> yes, uh, that's that's desperately what we need right now is 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 titles that Games. take full advantage of the index because you know, like us, we've spent a lot of money and really yeah. there's not really many uses for it right now. Hang on, hang so, on, hang on. Nathy mentioned earlier in the podcast pacing and how important pacing is. Hardware unavailability when you drop a bomb like this bingo uh, of software. They've just recently recovered and started lightly marketing the fact that now the index is available and you can just purchase it and it'll come to your house quick now, right? They've caught up in terms of their manufacturing loop. I would bet my bottom dollar that they are going to time that with software news. And as I said, I'm still banking on Team Fortress coming back because it was feckin' awesome in VR. They had it working perfectly before the whole 
Facebook Oculus relationship broke down and, mm, that, uh, you know, they okay. decided to sail away. But, but like completely built from scratch for VR yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, this. It's, it's Valve. They, they do okay. it right. Yeah, I think, okay. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good point. Like, you know, get rid, get rid of all the inventory, you know, that, that you, you weren't going to be able to deliver initially. Mm-hmm. So everyone's got headsets and then sort of build up your inventory back up again, then drop the bomb. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Plus, plus there, like, it does make sense because there is space for shooters right now. And Team Fortress is like a classic. Um, and I'm sure Valve wants to create at least one game that is multiplayer it's that more everyone than is that. hooked to. And they they have like not only that they have like all these hats that you can collect and all these conga dances and oh, stuff yeah. that I spent so much time and yeah. money on that I'm like I gotta buy everything again. No, no, like the marketplace in, in Team Fortress was a substantial, yeah. powerful force. At that time segment, I was at 2005 to 2010 or whatever. Microtransactions, but as they are called. I'm nowadays. not yet, Mickey. That is a fantastic point. I am standing behind you 100% on that. <laughs> they can bring back their market for Team yeah. Fortress 3. The thing is, what's one of the most beautiful things about VR is being able to uh, appreciate the detail. And when you own that item, and that's yours, oh. and it's on your VR shelf, and in the game, you've got it, and you can show it off to your friends. Mm. Bang. Feels more tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. imagine playing as the pyro and then go into that mode where you can see rainbows and unicorns but then in <laughs> vr there you go i just don't see it yet like really team fortress like the original team fortress i think a lot needs to be changed and i, I think so much needs it? to be changed did you ever play yeah, it yeah i played i played a lot of the, it no the vr yeah. one no never and that's it's, that's why i don't think I, it's team almost fortress no either. one I, I, no one played the vr one and if you still want to you can you can unlock it in the files, as far as I know. Because but it's I, very I, old school. Because Valve are very uh, anti sort of getting people sick, and they take things very slowly. And you, that got, you yeah. could get real sick back then. That, that wouldn't that <laughs> wouldn't that? correlate to a Team Fortress game. So I think it's going to be something no, slower that's, paced. That's the main reason why I'm saying that I'm just not really like feeling it that it will be Valve doing that kind so, of. So so wait a minute. So we've got a divide here. We've got uh, <laughs> we've got Nathan Zim saying Team Fortress. <laughs> me and Rowdy saying it's not. And we'll put our. Should you say Portal or Half Life, Rowdy? Uh, but they're still say, left for dead there. I would say, but, I would say Half Life then. Oh, I'll but, say Half Life as but, well then. So we'll yeah, they're, they, they're going to make three but, games, so, so it can be Team yeah, Fortress Half Life. We can be all friends. It's wait, not wait, just wait, one. Wait. It is not no, just, just one. Three. There's new three. IP in here. There's definitely oh, new yeah, IP new, in here. Yeah, I, I agree. They wouldn't one hire so writers to the same one extent. One multiplayer and one single player. You know what I said? That everyone's going to get triggered. Let's just say whoever the game that releases first. The other t- the other two have to buy the other two burgers. You mean announced when, like when even, we see each other? But I, yeah, whatever, like, trailer oh, but, teaser. Yeah, but the first game is not going to be Team Fortress. Then I have to disagree. It's going to be Half Life. That oh must be the okay. first kickstart of this whole. <laughs> yeah, thing. that's okay. the problem. <laughs> well, no, no one's no one's getting burgers then. Okay, hi. Oh, sad. Hashtag sad. Right. Okay. Let's yeah, wait, wait, wait. We can still discuss. <laughs> we can still discuss which Half Life it will be. Oh, it's going to be a new thing. Sidetrack, like side story. Well, no, because right there's there's options, right? You can go Half Life three. You can go Half Life two, no, episode not three, three, right? Yeah, you could, but that's or not you could go happen. reboot the original Half Life, just called Half Life, and redone in VR. I think that's actually pretty probable. Or what, uh, what if Rowdy? Or what prequel? if you or what? Or a prequel? 
Oh, a prequel. Yeah. yeah, or they just go the other way and they say, like, you're going to be the G-Man. It's like Half-Life, the story of G-Man. And then you start to work <laughs> at, at Black Mesa and you, you get to, you know, do things with your suitcase. And then... So Stanley Parable VR. Yeah. And if, Nate, <laughs> and if Nathie plays it because he looks like the G-Man, then it'll be like he's cosplaying. No, no, no. Sorry, I look like Malfoy from Harry Potter. Uh, oh, you'd rather be Malfoy than the G-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G-Man's awesome, man. He can teleport. Right. Okay, I'm going to draw a line under okay. it. No more Half-Life talk. I knew this okay. was going to happen. We're running late as it is. Right. Next bit of news. Yeah, yeah okay. more news. There's two more bits of news we need to get Ooh. through. Right, okay. okay. First cool. up, Against Gravity. The legends Against Gravity are at it again with another awesome free update to Rec Room. And this time they're adding a brand new mode called Stunt Runner. So this mm. is uh, was released this week, so you can play it right now. Sorry, did you and... say Sprint Factor? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You're right to be confused because they look very similar. Although it's like Sprint Vector in the Rec Room universe, put it that it's way. It's like Ninja Warrior meets Sprint Vector. Exactly. It's and kind Gladiator of like glued 80s, on as well. 80s game show mm -hmm. meets Ninja Warrior parkour. That's what you're going to be doing. So you can you can run, you can climb, slide, jump, wall run, all together racing with your friends, up to four people in total to the end of the course. And at the end of the course, there's a big button. So you've got to smash that and you win the race um the other cool thing is during the race you can collect energy drinks to give you a temporary speed boost and you can push your opponents off the track yes uh, which sounds uh, like a lot of fun uh right now the tracks that are in this new mode are provided by uh, against gravity themselves but in the future they want to add the ability for the community to make their own oh, custom no. tracks oh no um, so we're getting on to like almost think mario maker Style no, Counter-Strike, like levels. the wave maps and Counter-Strike and stuff like that. I mean, the stunt levels that the internet makes are horrendous. Yeah. I mean, in a good so, way, but... Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually, uh, I actually want to jump in and check this out. Uh, this is available right now. Um, Rec Room is free to play if you've been living under a rock and you didn't know that. It's available on Quest, PC VR, and the PSVR. Wow. So that means you can make France for free. Yes. And, you know, like, if you, if, if you just bought me? a headset... It's it's free and there's so much content in Rec Room. It keep you busy for hours, so uh, highly recommend going and checking it out. Uh, okay. so you said so. This is showing that they are for new features um, establishing a standard of parity across their platforms, which I guess I would have expected them to do. But I think we have to just chime for a second and say that's not easy. Good on you for doing that. Because what that causes you to do is, oh, two or three of them are ready for release. We got to hold it up because the quest build isn't ready yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... And also it's available on iPhone as well because they're running that that experiment in the background as well. Like iPhone and iPad. Oh, iPad. Uh, yeah, the iPad, yeah. like the whole kids thing. Yeah. Yeah, as well. So, that it, you know, what they do is amazing. And the fact that they still uh, are giving us away for free is is incredible. So you can, what you're saying is that you can push five-year-olds of a trek and then win. Exactly, which, to be honest... That is kind it, of satisfying, though. To, to, to be able to taste those five-year-old tears, amazing. You're a terrible <laughs> person, Mike. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> I know. I would never why, do that. That's the only reason why I play Rec Room, is, is the satisfaction <laughs> Beat of, of beating kids up. <laughs> <laughs> in behind, it doesn't matter. The thing is, they're so annoying in Rec Room that it's super satisfying. So really Just what saying. you're going to do is you're going to go into your game settings, and where it says 
attempt to match me with non-junior players, Mike just he just unticks that. You see the yeah. smirk just grow. Yeah. Like the, the elbows come out. And this is why Mike doesn't have kids in real life. Exactly. Because then he would do the same, maybe. <laughs> I'm not actually allowed. I've been given a, a ban. Um, but there we go. So that is a, a stunt runner coming to Rec Room. Amazing. Available right now. Wow. Yeah. Last bit of news is about Ubisoft. Now, Ooh, another uh -oh. topic here. Yeah, here oh, we go God. again. <laughs> so, uh, on the previous episode of the podcast, we mentioned that Ubisoft were thinking about updating Space Junkies with a pancake mode, so mm. non-VR uh, players could play against VR players online together. Right. And we were kind of a bit skeptical about this, a little bit worried about how they would balance out the gameplay because, you know, playing with a keyboard and mouse, you're going to have a significant advantage over those in VR. So we were a bit worried about it. They trialed out uh, the mode in a beta and have now ultimately decided against it, which I think is the right idea. So we were right. Yeah. Yep. They and, listened to us. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think but they yeah, didn't. They, yeah. they, they, they've decided that that's not a good idea, which is good. Um, but on the flip side is is kind of sad that they've stopped development of the game on the game completely now. So, um, so not they won't a surprise. Be, yeah, they won't be pushing any more updates to the game because I don't think it's had the reception that they wanted and probably expected. Uh, we've said from the very beginning that I think the major stumbling block they had was releasing it at such a high price. I think it was like $40. $40, or, yeah. Uh, even higher when it started. So I think they could have just come in a lot lower and built up a player base and then sort of built the community from there, but they just didn't get the community from the beginning. So it's kind of a shame because the game is very polished and it is a fun multiplayer shooter. Yeah. Um. But despite the game not being worked on anymore, they are going to still keep the, the game servers open and accessible for players for, now? for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but for how long? Exactly. I, I, I seriously wonder. Like, by announcing this, you pretty much say it didn't work and we're kind of we, we're kind of done now. You know, this is it. And yeah, I, I wonder how long this service will continue. Um, but for people that want to buy it now, there's no reason because they don't update it. Mm. They are not going to work on it anymore. And oh. that's usually one of the reasons that triggers people to get into it. But I said from the start that this one was doomed to fail. Um, even that they tried, and I salute them for doing that, it should have been a, a some kind of like free-to-play game with like some some microtransactions in there. The or, thing I the thing I wonder I still because I saw that, that Vivian posted it in the chat as well. It it has been picked up by uh, by the VR Master League. Yeah. So there is an esports competition that is that is going around that. How is that going to well? That's what I was wondering the too. game and. But they didn't know. That's the thing. They launched this, but they didn't know that Ubisoft was, was planning this. But it's bad for an esports thing to have this now because if there is something that breaks the game and gives people a disadvantage um you can't have it as an esport anymore no, so, so there's, there's a difference between uh having a development team working on future content and updates and the maintenance side the support mm -hmm. element i very much doubt unless mike you're going to counter me here that they have scuppered the support element uh that will keep the existing game going because otherwise they would just have to close the game down and not sell it uh, sell copies of it but it you know i'm not of the same opinion that a game that is in this day and age, I know we're used to updates coming out and, you know, enhancing and extending games, but it's not a, it's not a necessity. Look back in the day, you know, whatever it is, Unreal Tournament, Quake or something, great first person shooters can stand on their own merits, even yeah. with the closed door development cycle wise. And from that point, 
yeah. you know, the VR yeah. Master League, they could they that could be successful for years to come. I mean, it's a it's a very solid game. The the biggest problem I have is at OC four, we played on the floor a fantastic version of this game. It should have launched in early access two months later. It should yeah. not have taken another two years. They spent way too much time on polish, well, and actually. I don't know. Were Ubisoft scared of releasing a slightly less polished but, VR game? But I, I don't think the problem is the is the game itself. But I think how no. are you going to attract new players into a because mm -hmm. esports is like it's based on like the amount of players that are willing to see this game or yeah. willing to play this game or willing to participate in into a tournament. If the game is not receiving new kind of content or new kind of anything, how are you going to keep on attracting players and keep on growing that player base if there's nothing more to gain from? Mm. I think that is a if it, if it, and say, according to Vivian, according to Vivian, it got picked up after they found out. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah, recent I, news. It was recent well, news. I think yeah. if this game launched earlier and they like they supported like this whole esports community earlier, then that could have been a great marriage. But right now, it's too late. It's mm. just too late because in the end, you need the developer to like back your esports adventures too. That's the same with Lone Echo. That's the same with, uh, or like Echo Arena. Echo Arena. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same with, with Onward. They nowadays uh, have this promotion of like, oh, we have a new map and maybe we should release at the moment there's a new tournament dropping. And right now it's like, there's nothing that will sell the game in, in that sense. And mm -hmm. yeah, of course there are people watching esports, but that doesn't say they play that specific game themselves. So yeah, I don't know. I'm worried about this one. It's a shame once again. Ubisoft has announced that they are working on something new. So that's good. That means they are not done just yet. Um, but yeah, I don't know about Space Junkies. I, I was always worried that it wouldn't make it. But I think like Zim said, when we played it at OC4, it was perfectly fun game then. Perfectly playable. They yep. should have released it. Game of that it was, it was, I think it was game of show for me behind Windlands 2. Like, mm. I really like Windlands 2, and I'm totally biased because I was there with that team at that point, but I still thought that was the best. And then the second was, I mean, multiplayer-wise, it was just, it was like the first time I, I, I looked at it and went, feck it, VR LAN parties are going to be a thing. Like, this is yeah. going to be a thing. And mm. to have it not mature into that is really mm. sad. Um, mm. But someone in chat made this uh, great point. Uh, Chibi says... It's always the player base. How many people want to watch others play the same thing over and over again? It's not football. I think if you play it, like Onward or something, right? You play it, and you're not as good as the pros, but you understand it. You have a frame of reference, and then you yeah. can appreciate the game. Like if you play Overwatch, and then you go watch yeah. someone play Overwatch, there's a big difference there, right? Yeah. Instead of they're playing a game I've never touched. Yeah, and, you know, the whole Twitch, like, people watch people, like, play video games. So I think that's a moot point. Mm -hmm. But I, I think... I would I mean, argue like, against... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I, I think it's just a bit of a shame. But like what you said, you know, we, we talked uh, on a previous episode about Oculus funding, you know, a new Ubisoft uh, title. Uh, and the, the rumors was that it was Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed both of them, Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed. Um, but according to some new news this week, and, and Nathie rightly pointed out that, you know, Ubisoft aren't done with VR. Apparently right now, according to VR Focus, they're building a team of 50 people to work on a new VR project. Mm. Um, hopefully we'll get a sneak peek of what, what that'll be at OC6, you know, whether that'll be a Splinter Cell game, you know, Assassin's Creed, or maybe even a Rainbow Six game. That'd be pretty awesome as well from Ubisoft. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean we it, should applaud for, for, for Ubisoft on the, uh, on the titles that they've delivered so far, because... So far, like every title that I've played from Ubisoft is 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 a very decent VR game. It's a it's a very nice VR game yeah. as well. Like uh, it's if if you're looking for good VR games, yeah, of course they they don't get everything right, especially now with the pricing. 
but uh, I do applaud them for trying to like you know get into that scene yeah. and uh, trying to make uh, really good VR content. And they commit, uh, unlike I think they commit to their vision and are a little bit more extreme than say comparing them to like Servios, who've been around a similar time and have a similar back catalog, like between Star Trek Bridge Crew, Eagle Flight, right? And, mm -hmm. and, this game. and I, I remember that the first Gamescom that I that I went to was, uh, I think, just a year after the Oculus got released. Uh, they were one of like the only ones on the entire show floor that were doing like VR and they had like massive boots set up all like showing yeah. virtuality. The boot was bigger than Oculus yeah. themselves. They, they make they make full VR games. They don't go for experiences. Yeah. They have delivered like full uh, mm, and that's yeah. that's great. And I'm so happy they didn't give up because I was really worried with this one because this was yeah. an expensive game to make and it did cost a lot of money and they lost on it too those are the moments where you're like oh please just stay in within the vr industry have this long-term vision and look at the future where we're heading to it's also in arcades by the way i've seen it in arcades as well i think that's a perfect place for it you know arcades but it's just a shame it didn't take off you know and have the yeah, player base true. that it really probably deserved to be honest um but that is the news from ubisoft uh let's pass it over to zim for the lowdown on the releases next week that you should sometimes maybe shouldn't be playing, although we haven't had any shouldn't be playing for a while. Usually, which... He usually gives you a warning, though, so you should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking down my list. Oh, they're all shouldn't be today. <laughs> I wish, I wish. I actually love it when we have a slightly slower week and it's like I can go fishing for, um, you know, some <laughs> of the more pizza games. <laughs> I actually will. I'll mention one or two, which I think people shouldn't get into. But anyway, anyway, let's just go ahead and uh, fire in because it's it, there's quite a few titles this week. I gave the warning to the lads a little bit earlier. So five titles. I'm going to fly through them. Give you a little glimpse to each of the titles. Uh, first one, uh, many of you will have played this on uh, PC VR platforms. Elven Assassin is coming to Oculus Quest. So this game is kind of what you expect it to be. Um, the thing that surprised me, I actually got a chance to play this on Quest earlier in the week. It's $10.99 in pounds, so probably a bit shy of $15 uh, by Wankley Studio. Launched on the 5th of September. And this is, uh, as you would expect it, an archery game. Um, the thing that I really liked about it was the scale of the enemies and the fact that when you drop in, it's a bit like um, some of the other multiplayer games I've, I've played on Quest recently, where you drop in, there's VoIP. Actually, it's push to talk VoIP, which I haven't seen before. And I thought that was quite a nice feature because you don't have to listen to everyone's open microphones. Um, but the scale of the enemies, so you have like dragons flying at you, little drakes and proper big dragons. You've got ogres coming at you. The thing I really didn't like and still annoys me and I wish was a feature to turn off is the text popping up over all the enemies' heads. Just ruins the immersion unnecessarily. Uh, I've hit a guy with an arrow. I can see I hit him with the arrow. I don't need a pop-up that says plus one and shows me you know, what I've killed. It's just a bit disappointing. But you actually spawn you into the game. You know why that is, right? Why? Because this is, uh, I think, the most popular title that is currently being used in arcades. Every VR arcade that I've been through so far have, have leaderboards even outside of, like, you know, hanging up, watch, like, uh, Elven Assassin, what, like, the, uh, the, uh, the thing is. Like, uh, mm. every arcade I've been to. Uh, and I think then that it makes perfect sense because they want to try mm. beat high scores and they want to get this kind of stuff. So I think that's why they do it. 
I kind of mm. hate arcades a little bit because they seem to sap me of my immersion over and over <laughs> well, again. It, it doesn't have to. Like if they make a version, you know, for Quest where it's not there and then for mm. the arcades they have a different one, then Or, then or just fine. have the options to turn it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. We need, we, need to, we need to focus on Mike's water jug just for a moment because yeah, most yeah. people are asking, did Mike get a lot bigger? You're drinking from a water Mike, cooler. Mike, Mike, has <laughs> a, Mike got a lot smaller. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually uh, an over... No, I'm just trying to get more water in, trying to be a bit healthier. It's really <laughs> awesome. Can you show us it? It looks... Uh, it's, it's really it's, cool. It's huge. It's like a monster bottle of water. Yeah. There you this go. Is, this is, he's not sponsored, by the way, by this water brand, uh, <laughs> just so you know. Um, no. But uh, it's funny that I, I didn't know about this title coming to Quest because Oculus has been heavily promoting this Akron game. It's yeah. crazy. It's everywhere. They constantly <laughs> post every day, like, hey, did, did you know this about squirrels? Or, hey, a fun fact, blah, blah. And these kind of games, they don't get any highlights from them, where I'm like, please balance it out a bit. I know you want to push this couch game. It's fun, I know. But please give the other developers some breathing space as well. Yeah. But also from a marketing perspective, you know, Akron's a better game to market. Oh, yeah. It's so also it's hard to, like, I, the fact, okay, multiplayer, uh, asynchro asynchronous title, I think is what we've called it before. Yeah. One person's a tree, bunch of squirrels. Um, the install process for me, given we're touching on this, has been the, the number one problem. Because I've got a daughter who would play, along with my wife and me, and that's the minimum. You need two other players and then someone who's in VR. But it's like, I got to get two tablets out, install apps there. I got to get myself in VR. You know, it's it's quite a bit of a hurdle for me mm. uh that activation energy and those kinds of games typically have that problem like the one we saw recently from angry birds the one where you were um it was kind of like overcooked you had a kitchen basically and you were yep. in the submarine yeah, under the water anyway that's right yeah i will not keep running my mouth because it's gonna be it'll take us a long time to get through everything <laughs> next title um another one that definitely flew under the radar this one's feckin weird uh frog and froggle Frog and frog, oh frog and froggle, frog and froggle. It's five dollars or, or four pounds. God, Sam, what did you do again? Like, oh, it looks cute. I love it. Is this exactly. for kids? Yeah. This so for, uh... it's a platformer. It's a platformer. Oh, it's a platformer. Yeah. And and so the thing I like is they advertise it as having like multiple games in one. Oh so you can God. leap over logs. You can drive cars. You can evade hungry boars and snap flies from the sky. And uh, it's a cute little game. I think it looks cheap and cheerful. I'd definitely pick it up and play it. It looks good, though. I like the, yeah. the lightning differences. Like, I saw, like, there was, like, a level at night that looked really yeah, cool and the, the one during day. Yeah, but it's not a VR trailer, so I still don't really know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Well, yeah, that... I, I get a flavor of it a lot like Edge of Nowhere, uh, where you've got VR that kind survived. of slightly lagging, uh, slightly lagging... Uh, camera uh, behind it but i love the name frog and froggle it sticks in your brain i think that's something you couldn't forget reminds reminds me of gnomes and goblins if anyone hasn't checked that out on steam that game is amazing really cute um and this just looks for four quid or five dollars why wouldn't you you know it seems I, I pretty know. good I, it's not bad it sounds like the name is kind of funky but <laughs> besides that it looks cool yeah and that was out on the 5th of september so that's already out available you can go and Give it a go. All right. So, uh, quick heads up in the chat. They say it's asymmetrical. 
Yeah. It, not asynchronous. Yeah. Yes, asymmetrical. Sorry, thank you. I knew I knew I was getting the wrong word, but I didn't know what the right Don't word was. Don't worry, the chat got you, my friend. The chat's amazing. I love chat. Anyway, next, uh, we've talked about this one extensively on previous podcasts, Battle Wake. Uh, Servios's new um, head title is Flagship. landing. <clears throat> is landing on a number of different platforms <laughs> on the 10th of September. So that's PSVR, PCVR. I couldn't find the um i couldn't find the cost of this game i thought it was going to be about 20 bucks or something like that but i uh, couldn't find it It seems to be not on any of the store pages for some reason and it's only a couple of days for it to come out three days from now um they're also launching on samsung gear vr and uh, so this swashbuckling i'm just kidding not samsung gear vr i just was testing your ears there uh there the, the swashbuckling arcadey adventure we've spoken about before I think it's perfect if you're into arcadey short pickup thrills, play sessions of like half an hour. If you're looking for something that's a bit more like Sea of Thieves, uh, I think you'll be a bit disappointed. Uh, it, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, cut short of that in terms of its scope. You're one player in a ship, four other players in their own ships. Um, I like the design, the characters, the, the ships, and uh, the kind of environmental effects that you can play in the game. Um, and I think. Are any of you like super hot on Battle Wake or are we all kind of very much even keel? I haven't played it yet. Um, I am looking forward to trying it out though, but it's just a question of time right now. But um, but yeah, I do want to try it. It's a, it's a solid game. It's just that when we started talking about this before it came out, I had a different idea of what that was going to be. So I yeah, still, I'm, was, uh... even that this came out, it's a nice addition to the whole pirate genre and ships. I think it's the best one of its genre. Uh, but I, I uh, highly disagree. But I'm still, I'm still waiting for something, you know, that is more like that. What do you? What do you for me, it's really, VR. it's a, it's an arcade game. If you like arcade games, then it's your, it's your back. If you want to get like a pirate game, I would really look elsewhere because I think there are better ones out there. I go from other sons for a pirate game. I go from other sons. If that's sure. also pirate, then yeah, then it's better. But Space I don't know pirates. What you but, understand you know. under pirates. Space <laughs> There's no poly. There's no poly squawking on your shoulder. Um, <laughs> But I think I I wish we had more pirate games. I'm gonna say it because well, I've yeah from big from bigger studios I would say from bigger studios we have seen some some pirate games, but to have them updated for the long run and not have them in early access for years, like mm. this was a good start. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Let's well let's see how it how it lands when it launches as well. Yeah. Next game. Okay, we talked about fishing. This is real VR fishing coming Oculus Quest. Um, 12th of September, so only a couple of days left. I liked the um, the kind of photorealism they've gone for. This is a real like fishing sim. Uh, the, again, for the GUI control, they use a tablet interface. But other than that, it's kind of real style casting. And um, there's been a number of uh, VR fishing games. So definitely not the first. Um, it offers the same kind of you know um, varied equipment and locations that you can expect. But the photorealistic environments isn't something that I've seen in another title. So no. it seems pretty neat. And actually, the thing I would say is hanging out and, um, you know, playing a fishing game. It's almost as relaxing as doing the actual, uh, you know, real fishing. So um, it's coming out. I think there's a whole bunch of other fishing games. It's going to be hard to remember real VR fishing as opposed to pro VR fishing and fishing. There's there's about the 10 different yeah. Yeah, games. So I, I didn't see anything standing out aside from the environmentals. Uh, that looked like a unique selling point on this game. It looks very familiar to a game I played on Oculus um, about two and a half years ago uh, and played extensively. So 
Um, Bait, which was mentioned, Vivian mentioned in chat, is a, is a, is a fantastic kind of arcadey version of a fishing game and probably one of the more fun ones that you can play. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone played this, by the way? No, but I think it, it looks incredible. Like if yeah. it looks this good from the trailer, like in the headset, it's going to look amazing. It's like a it's like a funny mix of like realistic, like a realistic yeah. lake, and then have a, a a 360 wrapped around it, like a dome that looks also very good. Yeah. And since you only, I don't know how many environments this has, but if it's only just one or two environments, then you can really push the quest and have you have a lot of headroom to you know. Uh, uh, squeeze in so much, you know, graphics as they call them. Yeah, um, my concern is how does it coalesce? Like that kind of 360 capture, is yeah. there a depth effect or does it look um, in Congress like you, the two merging is, mm. you know, you, you won't buy it when you're when you're looking at it. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to wait and see and play it anyway. So that's on mm. Oculus Quest, 12th okay. of September, Real VR Fishing. Fifth game, uh, Touring Carts. So Touring Carts, um, I think Mike did a, a fantastic job of, of kind of highlighting this a couple of podcasts ago, maybe five or six. Um, but this is essentially a Mario Kart clone. I don't have to describe it in much more detail. You can throw chickens, shoot rockets, driving around the track. It's good. It's multiplayer. Yeah. Have you played it, Rowdy? No, but I'll, I've seen people play it and it looks so much fun. I, a lot I, of people I, have fun with it. That's the important I, part. I saw this one video of someone saying that this game, I don't know how many power-ups it has, but... He's like, yeah, it has over like 40 power-ups. I'm like, well, Mario Kart has, I don't know, how many does it have? Like maybe 10, 15? Not 40. It's not that crazy, but this is like, you you could play it for, I don't know, like weeks and still like, oh, what is this? I've never seen this before. Um, Hopefully they're all all making sense too, because if you have 40, then they all must be like, you know, legit. Blue shells, purple shells, rainbow uh, shells. I just want to know what the chicken does. I just want to be, I just want to do the chicken thing. But the thing that I really like about it is, um, okay, there's things that you can go and upgrade. And so there's an upgrade path. Keep you interested in the game. Multiplayer, cross-platform, but cross-platform with like, it's like Rec Room, like tablets, PSVR, PC VR, uh, Windows Mixed Reality, they mentioned. We don't normally talk about Windows Mixed Reality. Um, And it's 15 pounds. So it's not an extortionate game. Looks quite graphically pleasing. They've scaled it so it works well on the multiple headsets. I haven't played it yet. I'm excited to. Um, Mm. But the thing that stood out to me the most out of all of that stuff is the fact that they have three different uh, discrete view styles for VR players. So you have um, one method that's kind of like Carmack's um, Bedrock Minecraft, where you're looking at a screen in front of you. So you're sitting in like a fake car as as if your mom bought you that car bed when you were a kid. And there was a screen at the end of it. That's the first one. The second one is out of body looking at the cart. And the third one is classic. If you're playing a set of Corsa, you're behind the steering wheel. You're looking around uh, like that. So I like the fact that they've got the different view modes. And I I wanted to highlight that in particular for this game. Um, So I'm keen on trying those out, see how comfortable they are. Um, Particularly this, uh, as I said, the kind of screen at the end of the car mode. Sounds really smart for people who want a high intensity game, but maybe like Mike, thinking back to our lovely experience in a tractor game, which I will not mention, uh, <laughs> turned him pretty green. So so who's the developer of this game? Uh, so this is by Ivanovich Games. Probably and the best developer the, name. Their first title list. they made, I guess. Or Ivanovich. No. I recognize them from something else. I don't think so. I, think it, I don't but think it's their first. They're um, like, that's the funny part now is like marketing wise, they are doing super well. Like they, I, I constantly see them on my timelines on, on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but also because they can use the fact that they constantly say like, yeah, we have been denied by this one store and they can use it as leverage to promote their, uh, 
their game and they have been fully using that in their advantage, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point because they, they weren't they weren't able to get uh, access to launch their game on Quest. Yeah. Um, but the coolest thing, in my opinion, about this game is that you can use a full steering wheel setup and oh. have one hand on the steering wheel and then a controller on the other hand to yeah. grab the items along the track. Or if you're real cool, and I'm planning to do this myself, is play <laughs> the game and have a, a Vive tracker on your wrist so you can have both hands on the steering wheel and then still grab items just like the mario kart vr um, GP arcade experience, experience yeah. Yeah. yeah which you which you did actually in london right yeah, yeah. awesome amazing yeah. Yeah. okay <laughs> so uh, a couple of small bits of news and then we'll go back to mike so um three other games that i just wanted to mention uh that are coming out but i won't flash trailers for them real quick fire blindfold which is if you ever wanted to be a hostage in a terrorist situation in the middle east for two pounds on psvr that's landed so um, I've done it before, a little dramatic, goes the way you would probably expect it to, but if hostage situation is your thing, you got it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that landed. Uh, Spice and Wolf also came out. This is a game that if you like anime girls with tails, big fluffy tails that, you know, maybe fluff, you hear that, Mike? feather your face. You hearing this, Mike? I'm listening, I'm yeah. listening. And if, if, you're, if you're not shy of paying 32 quid, for the uh, wow. for, for the for the pleasure on PSVR. You still hearing oh. that, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing is, Mike, you could have also instead of bought that water bottle, you could have bought this game because I'm sure that water bottle would be as much as that money wasted. Money wasted. You could have gotten <laughs> yeah. fluffy tails, and um, so that's landed as well. The final bit of news, uh, which we don't have a date for yet, but I'm super excited about, is it was announced, um, which is really funny because I think they were working on a different project. Um, the guys behind poker vr have announced they're coming to quest so zim's favorite poker game for the last two and a half years is going to come to quest i think in september oh. or october um obviously poker stars is on there now yeah for one moment i was like it, it's already on there but wait poker stars yeah. that's something so, else so poker stars is like this mega asian company owns that and that ip um and they came later in with this kind of what I call like a college humor style environment. So if you want to go in and you want to throw stuff at each other and, you know, smoke cigars and have a laugh. Do anything else than play poker, you mean? Do any, exactly. Kind of <laughs> feck about, right? If you yeah. want that, Poker Stars is the thing. Poker VR is, and, they, and they've rebuilt for Quest entirely. There was a Reddit post about this. It looks very interesting because even their own game had some distractive elements. They've taken those out, cleaned up the environment. This is like serious poker. So they're banking on the fact that they are the serious poker players experience. Mm. And they're going back to their original setup, which is you can walk around table to table. You're not just teleported to a table and that's it. So it's more a casino experience than just mm. poker, which was actually their original intent. Their intent was to start off with poker because uh, they were originally called Casino VR Poker. And then they revised their name along the way when they landed on, um, on Gear VR and on the go. Um, so they're going back to kind of their original principles, which I love seeing because they were going to do all these casino games and kind of develop them one by one and release them. And it looks like that's the track that they're burning on. So I'm very uh, keen to have mm -hmm. them come to the quest. And when they do give a release date, you'll hear about it. So right now you still gamble with fake money, right? Yes. 
So but do not... you think that will come in the end? Because I'm sure, like, gambling on the internet, people gamble with real money all the yes. time, as far as I know. It's... But in VR, it's, of course, uh, still, you know, moderated. And... Very regional-specific. The U.S. has a lot of trouble with internet gambling after uh, there was a bill passed back in... It was after the 2000s that really, like, froze people's funds at the time. They weren't allowed to do internet gambling with real money, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a bit... It's a bit difficult. There are challenges. And I think that VR so still in that nascent phase where it'll happen. I don't think it's going to happen in 2019. G gambling right now is controversial. So I I'm sure that at this moment, they're not going to even consider. Yeah. Also in Europe, right, uh, Nathan, you said you had specific oh, yeah. laws around gambling that, that mm. they completely outlaw it. So, you know, yeah, like, here, Rocket like, League. We, like also in Belgium, uh, we, we can't use loot boxes anymore uh, to a certain degree. Like I play a lot of Rocket League. Uh, I can't, cannot open loot boxes anymore. Uh, huh. I'm sh I, I know that FIFA, NBA, uh, Battlefield, and some others also have like certain mechanics in there that are still in Europe, but they just pay a big fine. Uh, but officially, they they try to ban it, and it's it's a good it's a good sign. But on the other side, I'm like, I'm not a kid, so if you can just let me gamble if I want to <laughs> on on Rocket League, a game I like, yeah. fine. But kids, yes. Keep them away from gambling. Age restricted. It's, yeah, it's the most you know shitty mm. thing you can you can do to kids for sure. Yeah. So yeah. that was it. Quick fire rundown. Nothing there that's uh, terrible. Um, mm. And uh, and some alt space. Get... You forgot about alt space. About alt it's space. Coming. Well, it's not it's not a release just yet, but it's coming to Quest. I heard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I heard that as well. Um, so there's more news than we can ever cover in a week. Normally, yeah, I just yeah. have to take an editor's eye and like pick three. Uh, I've been weak, a weak, weak man. You need, you need a team. You need like a whole team that does research for you. Or maybe in the future, that podcast becomes super big. We all have our own team to do research. Yeah. This is the thing. Like <laughs> even even when I think, oh, you know, it's a relatively like average week in terms of news, we still managed to like hit almost a two-hour <laughs> episode. So anyway, let's get Impressive. into the first uh, topic, and that is about uh, Lenovo because uh, they're bringing out the Lenovo Mirage AR headset again. Uh, this is the second time they've launched this uh, device. Uh, now it's with a new experience uh, tied in with Marvel called Dimension of Heroes. Now, just so you know, the, the, the Lenovo Mirage AR headset, it's not a standalone device. So it's not like the Quest where you just buy it and you just put it on your head. You still need to use your mobile phone to slot into mm -hmm. the headset, just like the old Gear VR did. So Wait, it's an AR. This, is this the one that was the Star Wars? Exactly. So, experience? yeah. Wow. Okay. So, wow, they're so bringing they it back. They're bringing it back, but there are some differences that I'll go into. Hmm. Um, so yeah, imagine it as like a Gear VR for AR. That's kind of what the Lenovo Mirage AR headset is like. Uh, it's compatible with most uh, popular phones, such as like all the latest iPhones, including all the big ones, uh, and Android phones from Samsung and Google. So pretty much uh, if you've got a modern day smartphone, you'll be fine. So it's it. basically you turning your phone into a, like a pair of glasses where you can see holograms with. Yes essentially yes uh because like so if you imagine it when you set this up in your room it's almost like you're using the pass-through mode of your mobile phone although it's got its own cameras i believe um that provides an augmented reality view of your environment mm. so the game will be overlaid over the real world a oh, filter like a filter yeah um okay. so this uh new headset you'll use it in, con in conjunction with a new pair of controllers. Uh, they kind of look like a cross between PSVR controllers and Knuckles controllers yeah. in that they've got like the, the blue and red beacons on the top, but they've got like the hand straps of the index controllers. Uh, and then cough, you've got cough, this... beat saber. <laughs> yeah. Ah, they look, they look kind of fancy. I don't kinda, know. 
kind of funky. Yeah. And then you've got this like tracking beacon that goes on the floor, so it knows like your height in relative in relation to the floor. Um, but like Zim touched on earlier, um, you know, they brought out a headset what about a year ago that was called Star Wars Jedi Challenges, and that had a single lightsaber controller. So the thing is, if you bought that pack, the Jedi Challenges pack, you can't play no, you can't the Marvel Dimension of Heroes. However, if you buy Marvel Dimension of Heroes, you can play for free the Jedi Challenges. So the you are kind of getting a... Yeah, that's yeah. good. So so that means that the next one will do the same, but then we're going deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole. Well, hopefully, if <laughs> Lenovo continue this crazy adventure, that they'll just use the standard controllers that they've developed for this application. I sure, because... I sure hope they don't. Is there a price on this? Because that's all I care about here. I, all I care about is how much does this fucking thing cost? Because the last time it was like 89 pounds or something for one title with one fucking piece of plastic. It was it was more expensive than that. It was 200 pounds when it released. Holy Whoa. fuck. Uh, and this is this is this is this is 249.99 US dollars. So 250 US dollars. This is 250 quid. That is yes. The right and, and it's only available in the US right now, so you can't even buy this in the UK or Europe. Good! <laughs> I don't want it! <laughs> Good, we don't no want way it. I'm buying that! Save, save ourselves some, some money, you mean. <laughs> so, so let's see if I can get you excited with some of these uh, features and modes that they've, uh, they're touting in this new game. Yeah, go on. So, um, like I said, it's overlaid on the real world, but don't expect any, like, room scanning or object detection, like, you know, in AR headsets like the Magic Leap or HoloLens. This is super cheap, super basic, so you need a really clear place base for this whoa, to work, whoa. otherwise... super cheap. Be careful how you're flinging that around. Compared to, like, Magic Leap, you know, like, who's multiple thousands of dollars. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, Which is okay. a prototype. Yeah. But anyway, in this uh, AR experience called Marvel Dimension of Heroes, you can play one of six Marvel characters, including Star-Lord, uh, Doctor Strange, Captain America, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Thor. And you'll face off against villains such as Loki, Ultron, and Ronan, all from the movies, of course. Um, there's three play modes, story mode, survival, and co-op modes. So this is kind of where it gets a little bit interesting. Uh, if you have a friend that also has this headset... <laughs> 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 uh, wait, wait, this, is, this is interesting. I, I couldn't on, help but on. laugh then. Oh. Um, but if you have a friend that also has this headset and the controllers, obviously, that you need for this game, you can play together. Well, uh, what in are you going to do then? Well, you can choose a hero each and then fight. Well, how, of... Can you see the other one in AI? I don't know, because there's very few videos. Well, is going to be a stick figure like in serious? <laughs> I have name. played, at VRLA, I did play a multiplayer um, AR app where you were battling dragons and stuff. So local networking... AR, AR is and of possible. Course, and, and the thing is, like, you will be able to see your friend anyway because it's passed through, so you'll see them physically. But whether, <laughs> yeah, okay, they're, yeah, okay, whether, whether they're represented in AR form is, we, we don't know. Now that would know. be cool. Wouldn't you like an extra set of muscles, Mike? Wouldn't you? Okay. <laughs> well, I, 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 I am going to be honest here. When I saw this Star Wars kit laying around in the store and every time I walked by, I was like, maybe I should just try it. Yeah. At least try it. Same. Yeah. And see... Uh, but it's too expensive. But on the other side, now then I'm going to be too douchebag here, but you could try. And I'm sure this is going to be a short experience of maybe, I don't know, an hour or two. And then you've seen it all. Then you can just send it back. Return it. I, like... Yeah. And the thing is, like, this is the problem with this AR headset is that right now, if you buy it, you know, 250 bucks, like Zim rightly said, it is a lot of money for what it is. Oh and you've only got access to these two experiences right now. 
is it worth it when you can pay an extra 150 bucks have a quest that's got a whole library of content yeah, and but it's like the marvel license stamped onto this product and then for a lot of people it's worth the money that's how it for, works for that price you could get the license yourself and develop a headset you know oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny though that that you said like the characters you can play and the the the, the villains you have etc it sounds a lot like the license oculus bot with sensory games from yeah. marvel powers it's no like the Iron same man. characters no Iron Man. No basically. Iron Man. Yeah. So Who's wait, like this, one of my we got to qualify here because chat has some questions and sure. the Star Wars experience that this thing offers is not what just la launched on Quest and Rift. They're, those are no. not the same experience. No, 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 no. So basically this, uh, the, the Jedi Challenges experience, which initially launched with the Lenovo AR headset was basically like um, coinciding with the uh, Force Awakens, I believe, movie. Uh, and you could basically fight Kylo Ren as as a Ray character. Do you know what I mean? Like as a good character. Um, so yeah, like it, it's not the same as the quest. I would say that the Vader Immortal experience is likely going to be like ten times better than this. I would put money on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is occlusion. The problem with AR stuff is like, I mean, to be honest, okay, maybe it fits the Star Wars, you know, theme because you go back to kind of like Obi Wan's little hologram or you know Leia. Yeah. Help me, I'll be one, and it's it's see through, it's translucent. But this this is like the like quality wise, this is the lowest of lowest of AR you can get right now. This yeah. is cons like consumer AR. Let's be honest, is not even to the point where it should be consumer yet. And then this comes out. Mm. I I wouldn't even call this AR. Honestly, uh, I don't uh, want it to be associated with AR. It's it's a cool cool thing they yeah. they did, but it's it's not augmented reality uh, uh, to a to a certain point. I'm surprised they're making another one, actually, after the Jedi challenges. <laughs> because done well, then. I don't no. think he did. I no don't way. Think he did. People are saying in the chat that they've seen it for now for about $30, and people are still not buying it because it's I collecting wouldn't. dust on the shelf. I'd buy it for $30. But it, yeah. Lenovo must have bought the license and tries to sell this. Well, you know what we need to do, Nathy? When we go to California... Play it to together. Buy up, no, we Go need to buy, buy all these $30 and then bring them back and then resell them in the UK. <laughs> 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 money, 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 money. Maybe soon the next one is going to be like the Oculus Rift S because it has been made by Lenovo is compatible with this game, with their see-through. <laughs> like you no use way. the cameras and then you look through it and then you can play the same game. No way. So you the know, problem with this, I think, right epic now crossover. Is, that, <laughs> is that A, it looks kind of rough. I think it's, it's cheaply made. And, and thirdly, that you have to use your own phone in this, you know, for that price. Mm -hmm uh yeah i don't think it's a particularly uh good value for money bundle I, I, uh but i do want to try it i i, I am open to trying it so okay you know what, what it when is. it drops here in europe and the uk yeah. um the thing is i as long as i can return it then i i am I'll happy to it. try it <laughs> yeah yeah there because it's a gamble but it could be like it's amazing and then it's like i want to keep it who knows i'm sure i'll put money on the fact that it's not well, okay, yeah. I, I, I'll bet you a burger. We haven't, we we couldn't do the bet earlier, so what, we're promoting, what, promoting gambling now. But what you know. return on investment are these people expecting from a product team side? Like, what are they expecting this product to do in sales in the first year? I don't understand why they're putting money into this again. Yeah, the only good thing is that you can play both this and the Star Wars one if you buy it now. But still, I, I still don't think it's a it's a, a good enough reason to spend two hundred and fifty bucks. Jesus. Um, but it is yeah. what it is. It, you know, I, I do like the fact that these products exist. They come to market. They kind of promote AR in some way. And people will be aware of AR 
maybe in a more broad sense when it actually does yeah. drop and it's legit. But still, True. I think, to be honest, these kind of things, for me, it's a bit like all these cheap VR headsets you see in shops where you put your phone in still. It's like the cardboard era of AR almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. But, but it's bloody I, I, pricey. The next one is definitely going to be Harry Potter because there's a new movie coming out. So they, they just use all the big IPs. And, and because in the end, what they did is like, they have the they have the Star Wars one. In, in the end, they do exactly the same thing, but then they use skins of like Marvel and stuff. And then yeah. the next one, they will do the... If they make a Harry Potter one, there is no question that this is probably going to land in my house because my wife will probably buy it. <laughs> and then you can't return it, sadly. Exactly, yeah. She will love it. it. She will yeah. just live in the AR world. I feel you. Also, someone is summarizing the podcast so far. It's uh, uh, Dave the Psycho. And uh, he... <laughs> that's, that's the way to say it, right? Uh, he says, I'm in love with the dragging in today's podcast. The dragging? Dragging, like we're just dragging, dragging it on maybe that's yeah. what we do now it's up to you guys to think about what, what yeah. it means so yeah so now let's pass it over to rowdy he's gonna make us all a little bit smarter now give us some rowdy science on why vr makes us motion sick i'm super intrigued by this uh, because now i used to be susceptible to motion sickness not anymore but uh you know nathy you recently got motion sick playing no man's sky right yeah, of like frame drops and stuff. It's not fun. Yeah. Oh, because of the frame rate, not because oh, yeah. of the game. Right. And right, even right. Uh, I was not because he's Carmack still Mike. gets motion sick too. Like when he was talking he in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that means that there is bad design in. Uh, you know, especially if, if I get motion sick, then you must do something real bad. I'm the same. Yeah. Two or three titles a year, and if they if they hit me, yeah, something's cool. up. All right, Rowdy, the floor is yours. All right, cool. Let me know for sure if the if the slides are working. But normally everything should be uh, should be in order. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be talking a little bit about motion and sickness, like what it is, why it happens, and if there are any things that we can do about it. Um, so first up, like let's talk. I always like to start with like kind of like a definition of what it is. So uh, this is the the best definition I kind of found uh, was from my Healthline. They're saying that motion sickness is a sensation of wooziness. It usually occurs when you're traveling by car, boat, plane, or train. Some people learn early in their lives that they're prone to the condition. So that that's basically a definition of, of motion sickness. Again, with like, as, as it is with a lot of diseases, it's always very hard to describe a, a certain uh, uh, illness. Mm. Uh, so what causes it? Um, I put this picture here because I think it's like a, a very accurate uh, representation of like, you know, sending mixed messages. Uh, you, you see like the dog say, you say, sit, play, sit, play, sit, plays, and the dog like walks away. So that, that, that's kind of what introduces motion sickness as well. Uh, because you maintain balance with the help of signals that are being sent by many parts of your body. So your eyes send signals, your, your ears send signals, your, uh, your spine send signals, and uh, the inner ear is actually the, the most important one. But there are also sensory receptors in, for example, your legs, your feet, and they all let your system, uh, your nervous system know which part of your body is touching the ground and which one is in movement. Uh, and these conflicting signals is actually the thing that can cause motion sickness so you can uh, for example be in an ambulance and you can't see turbulence eh, since you're just sitting still but your body can feel it and the result of confusion can then cause nausea or even vomiting uh, you also have that on a boat when you focus your eyes on the on the deck you know you, your eyes will actually say are oh, you sitting still here but because of other parts of your body and i'll come back to that later will be moving 
they'll be sending signals that you're, signals that you're actually moving. And that conflict will give you the, the sensation of, of motion sickness. Now, the, the, probably the most important organ when it comes to movement is uh, the inner ear, because this is the one that actually helps you control uh, uh, your sense of balance. That's uh, the, the organ actually that is uh, your equilibrium organ. Uh, and this inner ear that consists out of the cochlea, which we talked about earlier when we were talking about the, the hearing uh, and virtual reality as well. Uh, and the other part is the vestibular apparatus. And this vestibular apparatus consists out of three pairs of uh, semicircular uh, canals and then two sacs, which are a little bit lower, and they're called the saccule and the utricle. And these latitudes are actually sensitive to gravity uh, because they tell you your brain whether they are standing up or lying down. So you have a posterior semicircular canal, a superior one, a lateral one, and then uh, two sacs. Now, these three canals are actually the most important ones when it comes to movement, uh, because uh, what we see here in this video as well is like the types of movements that your hat can basically do. And then in those canals, there is a fluid and that fluid will move around with the turns of your hat. Uh, so, for example, we, we just saw the posterior one that is moving around when you tilt your head from the left to the right. Uh, and the movement in, in those ear canals of the fluid in there uh, will send signals through your auditory nerve to your brain, uh, telling you, oh, your head is tilting to the left or the right. Um, you also have that with movements uh, forward, uh, up and down, and also with uh, shaking your head left and right. Um, so those are the three different kind of movements that uh, that your uh, semicircular canal can actually uh, determine. Um, now, what is happening with these signals? These are then formed to, uh, into action potentials, and these action potentials are sent through the auditory nerve to the brain. Uh, and it's also um, the frequency of these action, action potentials that actually gives information regarding how quickly your head is then accelerating or, or de-accelerating. And uh, the position of the hair cells, so in those semicircular canals where the fluid is moving, there are hair, hair cells located. And the position of these hair cells gives you information regarding the direction of your head is moving through space as well. So that's how you get all of the, uh, the different degrees of freedom. Um, and this is also where the actual the, the conflicts can arrive. Because if you uh, flip your hat, uh, if you spin really, really fast in a chair, your sensory receptors in your spine and your joint, they'll actually tell you, oh, I'm, I'm just sitting still in a, in a chair here. But the, the fluid in that vestibular organ will be, you know, going around and around and around, telling your, your, your brain, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm getting movement here. And this is, again, that conflict and signal that will be messing up your, uh, uh, your, your equilibrium. A similar thing happens on the boat. Again, there is your eyes that tell your, your brain, oh, I'm sitting still. But because of the movement of the ship going up and down, the uh, fluids in your head will again be, in your inner ear, will be moving up and down, causing, your, uh, causing again a conflict of signal. Now, why does it exist then? Because it sounds like a very stupid thing to have. And I, I've been trying to look for like a solid hypothesis, but as with many things in like, you know, human anatomy and science, not a lot about that is known. So one hypothesis of, is uh, for why this happens actually comes from evolution. Um, because when you consume a certain food that you should not be consuming and you get food poisoning, one of the most common symptoms, early symptoms, is a dizziness. And your body reacts to that by throwing up. So a lot of those like toxins actually mess with your equilibrium organ, your, you know, the fluids in your inner ear, uh, and that will actually cause dizziness. So by simulating that kind of like 
um, motion sickness, it will basically tell your body something is wrong. You consume something that is wrong and it will start, you know, it will start to throw up. There's not a confirmed hypothesis. I'm not entirely sure that that is like the go-to theory. Um, but I mean, I do think there's some, some through to, to it. So when we come to virtual reality, uh, I mean, sickness and virtual reality already exists for, for quite a while uh, because, you know, we, virtual reality is not a new kind of technology. It's been around for, for quite a while uh, because I even found articles about 20 years old and older even describing the effects. But the, very interestingly, the, the name has like changed throughout the years since like, I mean, the name for virtual reality has also been like a little bit more modifiable. Uh, but there are a lot of reports that are describing a simulator sickness and referring to like people going into simulators and then getting uh, sick from that. Uh, mostly those are army simulators because that's still like the most common like tool that was used uh, back in the was it like the early 90s and the, in the 2000s in the, for virtuality? Uh, the one that I liked the most was a cyber sickness. Uh, I really like that one too. Um, and also vir virtual reality sickness. That's also apparently a thing. Um, there are likely differences between each of these categories, depending on like the amount of exposure that you have or the way that you're being exposed and how much you're being exposed. But I think that uh, a lot of these differences actually relate to the extent of the symptoms because uh, all of them kind of relate to the core idea of, of motion sickness being more like a conflict in sickness. That's really where what I'm trying to get in your heads is that, like a conflict of signals. So you could ask yourself then like, is, is there a cure for it? And what is the cure? Um, there is not a cure. I can, I can tell you that. The best thing that they can suggest you to do is to stop. Uh, nibble on some crackers, drink some water, uh, a carbonated beverage might help. help. Uh, also certain scents such as, such as peppermint, ginger, lavender. And all of these are kind of done to like, kind of like um, unconfuse your brain to say like, oh, this makes some signals. It's normal is because I'm trying something that is, that is normal. That's also why they say like people that are um, exposing themselves to this often get their VR lags because they're training their brain basically into uh, experiencing this kind of stuff. Uh, vitamin B6 is something that is often given to pregnant women uh, because they also often deal with uh, emotional sickness or just general dizziness. Uh, so that is something that for some people might help as well if it's a, a lack of vitamin. Um, now, like I said, the brain can train itself to ignore all sorts of strange things if, if they're just given months of daily exposure, which is exactly the kind of exposure you're getting when you're developing a VR game. This also means that for developers, um, they rapidly become immune to all but like the most obvious kind of rendering errors. And as a result, they're also the worst kind of people to be testing their own code. Uh, so I, I urge always developers, like if, if they are developing a game and they're saying, oh, you know, I'm not getting motion sick anymore. It's probably because you've been exposed to it so often that your brain has been trained into processing this kind of information, knowing that it shouldn't get sick. Um, so the best way to go about this is always try to put some people who've never ever experienced a virtual reality experience, put them in there. And if they don't get motion sick, the majority of them, um, it, it, it should be fine. Uh, I also found a lot of uh, useful, useful information on the Oculus block, mostly referring to do not break the VR code. And with that, it's mostly referred to as like, don't try to move, force, forcibly move someone's head in virtual reality without them actually physically moving their head. Yeah. Um, setting the right IPD, try to reduce latency, increase frames per seconds, 
all of those uh, uh, help. And then the most funny one that I found was, of course, the digital nose. I think we've all like read that story a couple mm-hmm. of years back about mm-hmm. that maybe a way forward is to uh, um, introduce a digital nose. Does anyone have an idea why that would be grounding? Would be feasible? Does it ground you? Like so, similar to um, one of the things that the Windlands team had done was they did like a almost a transparent dot, and I think Lone Echo does this as well. We have like dots in the in the scene, so you are essentially able that your brain is then able to tell through visuals that you're grounded in the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's basically that. It's like a like a built-in point of reference. Uh, so not the nose itself helps. It's not that uh, that putting a nose in there because you have a nose yourself will help. But it's more like that you have like a point of fixation uh, that helps as a as a sort of sort of building point of reference. Uh, they tested this actually about uh, forty subjects, um, and they actually had the reduced simulator sickness by thirteen point five percent. Uh, and surprisingly, when the group was asked whether the nose was distracting or not, that many of them were actually perplexed because several of them didn't believe when they told when they were told that there was a nose in the game itself because it's of course so mm. much to the bottom of your. Uh, of your Sorry to your interrupt screen. you, Randy. I have a question. Um, yeah. Just does everyone see their nose normally? I have quite a large nose, and this is why I'm asking the question. Yeah. I'm yeah. wondering, is it a point of reference for everybody, or if you've got like a really small nose, do you not see it in normal day to day? You you mean you're asking me now if I see my own nose or not? Yes. Yeah, in real life. No, I I I do think there's like some truth to that, but I do think that uh the the building point of reference is definitely a thing. I don't think in real life that that is like an important thing, and that is indeed why you have motion sickness or why not. I don't think so, but I do think that if they put it in the game. Um, that you have a building point of reference that it makes sense because you often say that as well when you're sitting on a boat try to find a point of reference yes. where you look at that to ground yourself and to like make, make sure the, the more signals that you send to your brain saying no this is normal that is basically trying to to, to treat it that's the only way that you can really so any it. object would work actually it doesn't have to yeah, be a nose shaped so. triangle yeah, yeah okay. no no, I don't think so. It's it's mostly like to have that point of reference so that your visual system is basically saying, look, this is this is normal, this is normal, this is normal, so that your visual because a lot of the information that's coming from virtual reality is visual, of course. And like pretty mm. much all of the information except for audio is coming from uh, from your eyes. And your eyes are, are telling your brain that it is moving. So if you don't have an internal point of reference that is saying, look, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine. Is that is that why like seated experiences in like a cockpit are usually the most solid VR titles? Yes, if you're not prone to uh, motion sickness in, for example, a plane or motion sickness yeah, okay. in a yeah. in a because you will st- you will always have your visual system um, that will be sending information that you're moving. Of course, because you're sitting still. Um, what you have in a plane as well as turbulence. So some people get motion sick because of the turbulence. You will not have that in virtual reality, of course, because you'll actually be sitting physically still on a chair. So that is a benefit actually. And some people who might get motion sick in a plane or on a boat might not get motion sick when they actually go on a boat in virtual reality or in a plane of virtual reality. So this is weird, right? Because as you, as you probably know, I was really susceptible to motion sickness in, in the back in the day. Now I've, I'm pretty much like immune, pretty much like, Unless it's like something like detached, <laughs> if you ever played that, that game before, it's like the vomit oh, simulator God. of VR. But basically, uh, pretty much immune. However, now it's caused a weird side effect in that if I go to uh, a theme park now, so I went to Disney, is a good example. 
Uh, if I sit on those uh, motion simulator rides with a screen in front of me now, and the, the seats are moving and I'm just watching a screen, um, that now makes me feel sick, whereas before it didn't. So huh. I, I, I've become accustomed to VR. That's fine. But now these rides make me feel sick now. And I don't know if it's because in VR I'm in control of the movement, whereas now I'm not. And now that my brain's like, you're not in control of this anymore, it's out of control. And mm. it, I, I it think it's exactly me... that. Because if you like, if you remember like a few slides back, I was talking about the semicircular canals. They mm. are a very, very like important organ when it comes to equilibrium. If you have damage to that, it's very hard to like, because I, I actually have a friend of mine who has uh, problems with her inner ear and she literally sometimes would just like fall over. So it's, it's, it's a really serious kind of condition. Mm. Um, now, what you have done by exposing yourself so often to virtuality is to basically train your brain. It's like, look, I am moving. I know that. But since my inner ear is not sending any signals, everything is fine. Do not get worried. That's basically what you're saying. But now you're putting yourself into a different environment where not only your eyes are now telling you that you're moving, which you've trained your brain, it's fine. But now your equilibrium like, is getting messed up as well because of the, the fluids that are going around your inner ear, telling your brain now, now something is going on because this is not something that we've experienced before. <laughs> this is yeah. completely different from what we've, okay. what we've experienced before. And that can then indeed trigger your emotions. But it's weird for me. It's like I wasn't into roller coasters before or like fast rides going and further stuff like that. And now I'm like completely addicted to it because I can handle it. I'm, I'm like uh, pushing very it to similar. the limit. Yeah, yeah, I'm very similar yeah, to you. I, when we went to OC4, I went on some live roller coasters and I'd done roller coasters before when I lived in the States. But I was like, I'm freaking immune. I'm not scared of it. I feel no. it. I feel totally fine. And, and everyone else is like screaming their heads off. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. I just felt great. That's really interesting. But uh, the thing that I would say, um, firstly, it's it's a little uncomfortable to see the uh, basically the three DOF engine or the six DOF engine that exists in our heads. For some reason, me now understanding that that's how it works, like having that understanding makes me feel a little uncomfortable like i know too much um but beyond that <laughs> like too much for me the propensity for illness uh for those who are relatively new to vr like when we were stuck in three doff territory like with, with the samsung gear vr um and then moved to mm. six degrees of freedom the difference is night and day between those two ecosystems and no doubt it's because of the mismatch between your visuals and again those lovely liquid tubes that we have jammed in our ears yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, it, it, it is weird though, because like normal roller coasters, I'm fine with as well. But it's just these simulators now that I just can't handle anymore. And when I thought it's about also it because originally, of course they go the extra mile, huh? like where, yeah. because they they try to like get that visual, like really like things that you couldn't do on a roller coaster. They're putting you in then, so it's your yeah. eyes already telling you like, whoa, this is intense, this is intense. But you've trained your brain into like saying, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think I think the best advice, like you said, you know, to to people out there that suffer from it, is to not push through it. Uh, and yeah, to take regular don't. breaks, make sure take you're regular hydrated. breaks and do it in short sessions because eventually yeah. you, you, yeah. your train, your brain will get used to it. I, I like, I noticed that with my nephew, like he, I showed him some VR games and he, he tried to use walking locomotion in rec room. And then he said like, I can't do this. And then he, he said like, I'm going to stop. And then I came back again and he was like, okay, can I play with teleportation? Like, yeah, sure. But then I noticed since some VR games nowadays have this match of like you can teleport but you can also walk i saw that he was teleporting but he was slightly combining it with walking too with wow. the thumbstick so yeah. if you have both in there then you give people the opportunity to 
slowly use both Acclimate. and kind of find. So I was surprised by that, where some games only have teleportation, mm. others have a combination of the two, and that seems to kind of work and get people, you know, he didn't even notice it. I didn't even mention it. I was like, well, you're kind of using walker locomotion now without so, you even. So maybe like a, a good way to, to round this up, um, unless you've got more to say, Rowdy, uh, uh, is, is to maybe give an example of a game that's made you feel motion sick. Um, and, and one for me, like it, it was very early days, like it was DK1 day. So I tried Half-Life 2 mod. Uh, and again, it was all smooth locomotion and like being very new to VR and being a low resolution headset with only three DOF movement as well. Like all that combined, like wiped me out for four hours. <laughs> um, so I'm just intrigued, like especially in the chat as well. Like, is, is there any games, particularly even new games? Because now that I'm kind of, you know, over it, nothing really affects me anymore. I'd be interested to know if any new games have made you feel quite sick. Uh, but like Nathy said with No Man's Sky, but I think that was down to frame rate and performance. Yeah, no, that was performance. Performance <laughs> yeah. can make you really sick too. Well, I because a... that's like totally unnatural. Like you, it's like your 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 whole head, it's just stuck for a moment or you can't see what's going on. It's super weird. But that, that that's exactly what is happening because you know, you're, you're moving your head. Your mm. inner ear will tell you, you have just moved your head. Your visual system is, which is also a very strong system is saying, no, you haven't moved your head yet. You're yeah. now moving your head. So that's like mm. a, a, a completely different, like, because the oh, frame rate yeah. is like, it won't reconcile. Like happening. Yeah. yeah. But so I mean, we'll say, no, no, you're not moving your head this fast. So, Mike, you want us to relay Maybe. examples? Yeah, like, the, the, like the last time you were motion sick and what game were you playing? I'd, I'd be intrigued to know. If you if you can I, remember, I know one. which uh, which because I'm very prone to motion sickness. I, I think it's because I started out with cardboard, so I done a ton of roller coaster at like you know 15 frames per second, uh, and I, I, I'm I'm literally I, there's nothing ever that has really like ticked me off except for one thing, and that was Nate's fault when we <laughs> <laughs> yeah that when was we went, intense. Yeah, you already know it's probably oh, when yeah. we went into VR chat and he put me into this roller coaster, but the uh, no, uh, this uh, Ferris wheel, but the, the the controls of the Ferris wheel was broken. And up to this date, I don't know if he knew beforehand or not, yeah. but they would literally go around about like 50 times per second. So you would just sit in there <laughs> so and weird. just be like... It's like... I have I mean, a video. Can, God, can you imagine that in real video, life? <laughs> I have a video on my channel. It's called How to Get Motion Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I literally when I when I came out of there, I literally fell on the floor. Not because I was motion sick, but just because you know that trick oh. that you do with like you put the ball down, you take like circles around <laughs> it, so dizzy. it like more than enough, and then you fall just on it when you try to kick the ball. That was oh. it. Like I just came out of there and just fell off. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's, like my story for here would be um also VR chat, funnily enough, because when I've gotten ill motion sickness triggered or sim sickness triggered in vr it's normally because i'm actually sick and then mm. for whatever reason my physical composition uh i i my um my vr legs go away and almost anything will then trigger me so half an hour 40 minutes in and i start to get that uneasy feeling that you know doesn't dissipate for some time after course, that is of course that makes sense because that's a trigger for your body to say like something is wrong with you you should not be experiencing this now as well like and that's yeah. the, that's the same thing with like when you're i i rarely go into virtuality when i for example when i'm hungry because i know that that is like one of the things that can actually make you feel sick afterwards interesting if you're going hungry 
So always make sure I have something eating or something. Starving right now. Uh, but so so VR Chat had a um, like a Christmas party or New Year's party, and I I wanted to join it, so I joined in. But then there was a problem because I'm a sim racer. My wheel decided to have me rotate, and it's I never have a problem with up and down or anything like that. Even my kids walk in here with my swivel chair. They spin me even eight times around. I will feel ill. Um, for some reason, lateral spinning for me, I can't handle. And my controller, like I close my eyes for a second and I open it and the whole world is just panning this way at like oh high my rate. God. So screw you VR chat because you've <laughs> knocked out two of us. But yeah, VR chat is my, uh, is my, is my example. That's really interesting. What about the chat? Have they got any fun examples? I think detached, like I touched on earlier, oh, is another one that they, yeah. I think it was just poor, poor design in that game yeah, uh, no, because it was zero gravity, so you could move in any direction. Yeah. You could pitch and roll. It's Newton um, motion. That's what. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a poor design. It's just that we as humans aren't probably allowed, you know, without setting alarm bells off, allowed to move in that way. It's very so, rough. It's, by the way, astronauts themselves they they need to go through rigorous training before they go to space <laughs> to get, for this particular yeah. reason. So yeah. basically, that game was only designed for astronauts to play. Yeah. <laughs> So I see Windlands. Very, very niche, very niche. I, I see Windlands in there. Also ISS it's, Mission. That's that's kind of like detached too. It's very yeah. rough because yeah. you, like after a while, you don't know if you're upside down anymore, but you're still standing physically yeah. on the same floor. It's that's like true. gravity, the VR experience. And yeah. when you then take it off, like I played that. And when I then took off my headset, I had for two hours like, where the heck am I? What, what yeah. just it's it's crazy yeah that one really screws around with your mind it's a good example um, and just scrolling through the chat yeah so i don't really i see end space here i think ah, yeah, someone's, someone's asking well. you rowdy how do you mm -hmm. play pavlov then if you're so uh, prone to motion sickness like me prone to motion yeah. sickness well because you said earlier that you're you, you have a tendency to be prone to sim sickness and I think the question no, not was... No, the opposite, me? he said. Oh, yeah, you're... the opposite. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. I've, I've never, no. Really? What? Really? Never? Wow. Nope. Only yeah. the VR chat thing. You got to find a way, thing. lads. Developers, <laughs> I, this is a mission. I played I played Serious Sam with Rowdy, and after two, three hours of playing that, I was like, you know, dude, like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Because <laughs> the speed rough. of running, like, yeah. that's also the one thing. If you run real fast... Really... If you if you run real fast, faster than you run in Doom or Quake, that's that's funky. Like after but, but a while, I, you feel I, it. I think it were the trampolines that really got just, you because you would trampolines. jump like, I like was just 20, having... 40 meters <laughs> in the air. Yeah, okay, so, I was pushing it a bit too much. So, I was having fun. It's interesting that people are saying the original Windlands because that was a title that I remember back in the day that people were saying that they developed their VR legs playing that game. Yeah. Um, but certainly the sequel is is way more comfortable, I think, in terms of like the game. Yes, but I, I, yeah. I would attribute that to the headsets rather than the game oh, itself. Right. If, because we've we've got higher refresh rate, we've got better panels, you know, sixed off um, interpolation is better, it works and, better on lower systems, all these things. And yeah. don't forget, you've been exposed to so many VR games that it probably feels more comfortable now. Yeah. True. But True. I, I got vertigo. Like if you were to, to actually ask, you know, fear of heights, I, I definitely, I got wobbly knees multiple times, <laughs> kind of like what you, you've seen um, with Richie's plank experience and more recent times, but the original Windlands, like the original demo hopping and, and parkouring and all that around, 
Absolutely. It was the go-to for if you wanted to get VR legs, that's where you went. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly comfortable experience. It was kind of like going into dread halls. Like the, you learn how to deal with fear and scare and, you know, jump scares and stuff, but you had to learn how to deal with heights. But it's funny because like once you get it, it's like in your back pocket. It's like a skill now yeah. that you've, you've added to your real player character. <laughs> there you go. Skill up with VL. Um, also, uh, so, just one more thing for it. people that are interested. I've put the presentation uh, that I made also on GitHub. So if the audio listeners would like to like uh, go and check that out, I'll put the link in the, well, we can maybe put it in the description as well, uh, yeah, but we I'll put will. the link in the chat and I'll put it on my Twitter as well. So, yeah, nice one. No, that's really handy, dude. Thanks for that. Um, so we're just going to round up the show this week because it's gone on way longer than we anticipated, as usual. Um, but just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. Catch the show in VR using big screen TV with other VR enthusiasts. It's a really cool way of watching the show. Uh, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, and on Spotify. Have a great week in VR. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Hopefully we won't drag on as long this week. But thank you for those of you that have uh, stuck around. And uh, yeah, see you on the next one. See ya. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.